Out. If I said I was blessed before, man, let's get in depth now. Yo. Give me a sec, yo. I gotta step out. Hold the on, moment we saw the ultrasound, my heart skipped a step. Wow, the beauty wow. of creation. I seen too much to wonder how it feel to take your first breath for you. I would never double down. Nah. That word will be my truth to make your mother proud. Where we grew up, it was like summer house. I ain't raised you anywhere, they could run you down. Man. Just playgrounds, no spray grounds. Unless it's a backpack, you leaving out the front doorway. In the moments I'm recording it, got to the point where we affording it. So I'm doing more with it than just scorning it. Finally found in the most and I'm sourcing it. If they left you, damn, why you forcing it? Ain't missing no meals, so I'm coursing it. Get off your high horse, I'm still portioning it. It took T and E, but now you see it in the coordinates. It's more of a connection with you, my boy, than I ever had. Proudest I ever been, let's just call it that. More of a spade from a spade, they ain't card that. Polly acts why you go hard and rap is bigger than me. This why I go hard with rap, like face the heart of truth. What I'm supposed to really not be vulnerable? You rather me dishonorable? 
people just cause you don't know another part of you I uncover layers like bakers May you feel this coming from a young savior Make it look easy when really it got hard to do But son this won't be hard to do, and it won't be hard for you. Cause I put that on Alice, and you won't have to wonder in this land what your dad would do. Yeah, when it come to you, I heard I gotta stay strong in the times your mother needs some loving too. Just making sure that she comfortable. Thinking one day I'll say that's my son for you. Anything you need, I'll get it done for you. That's why I'm working while I'm off for the glory we gon' run into. Just run it through. Yeah. First born, first born. I see myself in you, and I see you going far, so. First born, first born. I see myself in you and I see you going far, so just hold my finger, don't let go. Been waiting on this for so long. So. Yo, my baby boy, you bring me joy like I'm no other If it's anything for you, just know that I got you covered anything. When I find out the good news, I couldn't wait to tell my brothers exactly. Kiss your mother on the forehead and I told her that I love her exactly. We was lovers before you came into this world exactly. And now that you here now, next we praying for a girl uh -huh. To give you a baby sis with a head full of curls Just know daddy going hard for everything he deserved uh -huh. Your mother pushed you out with barely no epidural You came a month early, which had this kind of concern uh -huh. But everything that happens is real Really a lesson learned. Don't you ever rush a thing, just make sure you wait your turn. We was raised in the hood, but I'm taking you to the verbs where we could sit and laugh and play and just watch the birds. But I know that God got you, our blessings ready confirmed. From the heavens to this earth, you became my firstborn. I can't wait to take you on stage whenever we perform. It don't matter what's the weather, I'll pull up in any storm for you. Don't you ever be afraid to tell your daddy here what's wrong with you. Don't you ever touch or take anything that don't belong to you. This is a song for you. I do this all for you. You make me vulnerable. I'm just doing what I was born to do. Every moment I get, I be recording you. Just listen to this verse, just like an audible, my son. Ami. First born, first born. I see myself in you and I see you going far, so. First born, first born. I see myself in you and I see you going far, so. Just hold my finger, don't let go. Been waiting on this for so long. So. Slide on ya, I ain't staying the night I ain't pick cards, I'm just playing them right 
Photo shoot tomorrow, they gon' pay for the flight. Amazing the height, I'm able to reach from just rapping. Get it all legit, my nigga, so fuck trapping. Catch me in the lab, I'm the player with the game plan, and I stick to it. We are really not the same, man. Nothing make these motherfuckers change like the game can in too deep. I'ma really be a name brand. I levitate, got you looking like a caveman. Talking like you winning, doing only what a slave can. I'm getting money, so I'm knowing why they mad at me. Quarter ounce of literary magic in the glad baggy word to the plug. Hope your baby stay fed, nigga. I'ma keep you living with a pocket full of dead niggas. And I came up from the eyes that can't fathom. So I'ma need all my little coins, you can't have them. But I'll probably drop a couple blessings on the way out. Give a little, get a little, watch it come and play out. Royal getting royalties, I'm waiting on the payout. Loyal to the soil, but we manifest the way out, uh. Thank God for the love and the upcoming. I was blessed with the floods, got my cup running. Ain't no fear in the black man, fuck running. Think he trying us, my tribal niggas going duck hunting. Cause it be like that. Sometimes it be like that. I wish it wouldn't be like that. But sometimes it be like that. I wish it wouldn't be like that. It wouldn't be like that. We was 13, playing with a ratchet and some ratchet hoes. Side of town where niggas grow rapid, or we had to grow. On the need to know, unless a motherfucker had to know. Posing for the cameras like you try and get an action role. I beneficial, you ain't beneficial to me, boy. Country bunkin' boony boy, praying like a Sunni boy. Said they wanna make a difference, they ain't moving different, no. Passing drugs with a handshake, that's a give and go. Lot of loud niggas from my hood, they ain't living, no. Talking like he Jordan, and nigga ain't even pippin', no. I hear the shit that you saying, but put your chest in it. I'm the best in it, won't answer to nothing less than it. I'm everything like your favorite rapper, but less timid, more organic and less rented. I'm blessed with it. I got the shit that could shift minds with six lines, telling tall tales. You six nine, my bitch fine. Catch a flight to the future, nigga. I switched times, change for the dollar. I bought a forty, you six dimes. Ghetto niggas who the move to the burb side, sipping liquor curbside. Now I'm making words ride. Better living, I see the shit from a bird's eye. Learn to do my talk. Talking with numbers, I know the words lie. Holly favorite, you fabricated and fictitious. I'm light bearing, I flick switches for quick riches. My shit vicious, come get stitches, it hit different. He hit my line cause this chick missing, no pick flicking. I'm dictating. If I could fall back, I could probably lose it all, get it all back. You waiting on a white man in a call back. They ain't give it to us, we took it, now what you call that? 30 hours, five songs, I'm a hit maker. Fucking with the God body, you a risk taker. I'm overseas, you a overtime shift taker. All build up, no action, these niggas cliffhangers. I quit stressing, I'm living my best life now. I can't fuck with these hoes, only my wife now. I leave the crib and she waiting in the nightgown. Fuck all of these haters, this wave making a lifestyle. Quarter ounce of cookies, making crypto plays. Higher platform like a disco phase. With my same niggas from the Cisco days. I'm out in Cali with the grower making Frisco plays. Like Cairo Pratt. Yes, sir. Do you dirty? We'll rock hard. Side us in detergent. Now hurry, hurry. Back stopping and I rag top it just so I'm seeing the back dropping, nigga. 
cause it be like that. Cause it be like that. Look, cause sometimes it be like that. I wish it didn't be like that. But sometimes it be like that. I wish it wouldn't be like that. But sometimes it be like that. I wish it didn't be like that. Cause sometimes it be like that. I wish it wouldn't be like that. It wouldn't be like that. It wouldn't. Do your thing, man. Do your thing. <laughs> 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 
so many rats, a bitch can't even see the floor. From Atlanta to LA, the only time I'm back is home. Oh, man. I had to bring it back twice yesterday, ain't gonna lie. Ooh. I had to do it twice. I had to do it, you know. It, it oh. caught me off guard. I didn't want to like it all, but I did. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I already know, man. <laughs> I could see you in the car jamming that driving down. I jammed it a little bit old personally by driving myself. On the in the, yeah, in the truck. You singing the whole song. <laughs> yeah, I had a moment. I ain't gonna lie. Damn. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Just couldn't get it out of my head, you know. Rip me out the damn plastic, man. I'm acting <laughs> brand new. It stuck with me. <sighs> oh, man. So, good morning, everybody. Good morning. We decided to go to Safe Topic and talk about some real estate, man, because we've been a minute. Yeah. And not just that, man. Shit, I like talking about real estate. Shit. Yeah, you know, I like talking about brand it. brand new a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get back to the roots. Oh, yeah. ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. We, 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 I guess we took a lot of time this morning fucking around with the music, man. Yeah. It's all good. And we 10 minutes in. I know. Good morning, real estate investor O'Neill Parker. Do all things real estate. We're going to talk some shit today. Go ahead. <laughs> My name is Byron. How y'all doing? And I'm finna just hurry up because we ain't got a lot of time. That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How y'all doing? Doing good, man. Yeah. Hey, man, I ain't got all the facts like you, man. So, yeah, go ahead and do the intro. Hey, that was a party, though, bro. That was a party. Yeah. Well, it was. It morning, was a little man. party. It was a little party. Oh, you want me? Hold on. What, what you mean? You might have to put the effects on. Man. Oh, you want? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Let me. Shout out to Shout out to Shout out to Dr. 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 Ashley, Ashley V. Wilkinson, v. Wilkinson. In, the building. in the building Yes it did Yes it did <laughs> It's the yes indeed for me <laughs> You know I just had to throw in My personal salts Hey y'all Good morning Good morning Good morning to you It's the yes indeed for me <laughs> Yeah, you, listen. You you can always count on me to gas you up, Ashley. That's a fact. You know what? I'm uh, yeah yeah that, yeah. I'm a, I'm a gas. That you. is a fact. That mm-hmm. is truth. Listen. Yes, yeah. If I'm I a cheerleader for for the people I, I fuck know. with though. Byron gases me up, y'all. Let's be clear about <laughs> this. Okay. If I don't have anybody else, Byron. I got the gas, you know what I'm saying? Byron Holden, that yeah, yeah. is. Supreme, un- Supreme, not unlitted. Listen, he gasses me up. I appreciate you. You need someone that's going to gas you up at all times. Mm-hmm. That's you, Byron. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. <laughs> hey, y'all. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Hey, O'Neal. What's that name? <laughs> Okay, so I knew all the songs except for the first one. Oh, I know. That's too Texas for you. Yeah, it's too Southern. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know that one. But the rest <laughs> of them, though. But was it jamming, though? I was jamming. Yeah, that was that Paul Wall. You ever heard of that guy? I did hear Paul Wall. I don't know mm-hmm. why I didn't recognize him. Play a little bit of it again, O'Neal. 
Well, you know, we on the uh, we on the YouTube now, so we yeah, that oh. copyright strike is nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we close out on Neil. Play just a little bit of it. I started One back off with that. One more again. Okay, that's cool. Well, listen, I'm not going to take up too much time because we want to get into it. We have a real estate topic today. Rentals, flips, BR method, built to rent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she ain't doing no real estate. (laughs) The BR method, built to rent, and multifamily. We're going to talk about all of those. Which one is your favorite? Which one do you do? We're going to get into it in just a minute. Do you all remember Daniel Pitty, the one that murdered Jordan Neely? He was a U.S. Marine. Sure don't. He was the one that uh, put the passenger in a uh, chokehold on the subway. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember remember you talking about that. Yeah. Well... The grand jury has indicted the former U.S. Marine for that death. His uh, Jordan's death was ruled a homicide. If you all don't recall, he's the guy that uh, they raised like millions of dollars and Governor DeSantis called him a, a American hero. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the news. So- Daniel was initially arrested on second-degree manslaughter, but now it's been ruled a homicide. So mm-hmm. stay tuned about that. Now, there's this TikTok couple. They have been found guilty of felony murder, weapons, charges, and more. Now, this TikTok couple is extremely popular. They have 800,000 followers on TikTok. Jante Collier and Eric Dodds have been convicted of the murder of Dakota Bradshaw in Georgia. The 23-year-olds have been found guilty on two counts of felony murder, aggravated assault, and other weapons charges. Both Dodds and Collier are scheduled to be sentenced on June 29th. So this isn't the first of social media couple that I've heard like like the famous couple should I say the ones that have like a million almost a million followers that have been indicted for like murder or drug charges or but they're they're dancing around on TikTok explain that method man you got some narcissists in the, in the world um You know, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, I'm going to leave it at that because I think, you know, it kind of, you know, go back to what we was talking about yesterday a little bit where, you know, we talked about like, oh, we got my guy Chris Monroe in the building. What's going on? That's not regular. Yeah, that's not regular. Let's get him up. Uh, People are kind of isolationist, you know, like like loneliness is like a real thing. It's a real thing. I feel like a lot of people really don't be having friends like talking about like people just be in their own little worlds. And I think it just opens the door for a whole lot of narcissistic tendencies and sociopathic tendencies. Um, just my thoughts. But it just seems like people are just less concerned with the well-being of their fellow human beings. Um, just just what I kind of observe. I don't I don't know 
if if it's any factual data to support what I'm saying, but I, I really do believe that it's just that lack of sense of community that people have nowadays. That's just, I don't know if it's good. I really don't. Yeah, because I'm just like, I don't know. I just think it's real bold. You know, you kill somebody and you over here dancing and, and amassing almost a million followers. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Do you feel people are more connected or less connected today? Ashley? Less connected. Less, much less, huh? When you yeah. when you were younger, did you have more interactions with people in real life opposed to now? I did. And you know, that's why like people legit think I'm crazy sometimes because I have my kids in a lot of activities. Byron, you know their schedule. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they you they, know they, they move like the president. <laughs> they have a very intense uh schedule but one of the reasons why i do that is because if we don't condition our children in this day and age to still get out engage in activities meet people connect with people on your social on your uh personal interests and social interests if we don't encourage them and facilitate that process for them now can you imagine what it's going to be like in the future based on what social media has created for us today like think about that oh do your kids play with other kids like outside of school uh, random kids at the park <laughs> birthday party about it. it ain't like it used to be back in the day do how, how do we feel about that like, do we have any parents shit. on the stage? Like, huh? Like, like, literally, kids don't f- fool with kids today. Like, for real, for real. Like, <laughs> like I remember growing up, bro. Like, the we world was changed, outside. Though. Like, you, you can't have sleepovers and shit. You don't know who uncle trying to play with your kids and shit. Yeah, that's you know a fact. That's it's, a fact. Dirty. Yeah. No, we don't do sleepovers. Yeah, not sleepovers. Kids be playing house, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, but 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 are we, man? I don't Shit know. Shit ain't I, the same no more, man. But it's but never been too the exposed same. to the internet, too exposed to TV, man. They see what's going on. They see what adults doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they they be do. Trying the same thing. See, the only thing about the park, though, Neil, and I'm glad you said they need to, because the thing about the park is, like, my kids, they go to the park a lot. They walk down the street. We walk down the street to the park they have a lot of fun but the kids at the park are usually different just about every time every time go to the yep. park. yeah so it's not like Yo, they no actually connection. form connections <laughs> they play with them and it's so random because my my daughters will be like mommy i met a new friend today but yeah. then they don't see that friend again for like ever it's, 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 I'm it's not perfect situation contact- huh Right, I'm not trying to contact all these random people's families and be like, hey, you want to go back to the park again today? Like, no, I'm not doing that. So it's like if you don't put them in some organized activities, then they're not going to have any friends outside of school. And I'm not inviting all the kids from school to all the things. My daughter just had a party last week, had a few of her friends, but, you know, she probably ain't going to see them again until school year. See, unless another kid have a party, but other than that, but they, but like as far as going outside, you know, hopping on the bike, no, not happening. 
my kids do go they they get on their they get on their scooters they go to the park they they play on the zip line they play on the splash pad they but that's all, all supervised all supervised activities but I schedule a lot of play dates. Like Crystal can tell you, I schedule, like I'm very intentional about scheduling play dates with friends. And these friends are typically friends that I get to know from their activities. So they have like a friend from swimming. They have a friend from gymnastics. They have a friend from coding. Like they Am I the only person that think that like, Kids not like really socializing with other kids like in real ways is nah, that ain't TikTok. huh? Nah, they got TikTok. I was gonna say they have too many things that keep them distracted and into yeah, yeah. like a lot of kids have phones really young. And I mean I, I get it, it's it's a you know you need them to be able to communicate with you and you can set it up so where they can only call certain people and things like that but they'll be on the phones like playing games or on the laptop yeah that ain't the- weird that ain't you, y'all don't no, think that's I, unhealthy I think, that's just how I it is though weird, but think about it parents start them out like that when you trying to get them to sit down and be quiet so you can do something what do people do put their kids in front of the ipad or they surely know, do and that's yeah, what yeah. they're conditioned to do it's not social skills you got to condition children young to have social skills and so if you don't then that's what they'll gravitate to that's why so many of them are introverted yep we went to a family dinner one time and it was it was just um it was eight of us so it was me my husband my cousin her husband their two kids my two kids so it was an even number of people and everyone matched everyone and their kids are so used to watching their iPad at the dinner table that my kids were like, what are they doing? Why why aren't they talking? Yeah. And they were like, why aren't they talking to us? We're at the dinner table. And I was like, you know, just talk to each other because they're not used to it. And so my kids are like, no, we know we don't have electronics going on during dinner time. We're talking about each other's day. What did you enjoy today? What did you learn today? Like we're having conversations and every child today is not used to that. They're used to watching TV or playing with their device even during dinner. Mm, mm, mm. Meanwhile, Odell, your kids do that because you talk about. Nah, ain't no devices while they are eating dinner because it takes okay. damn long. That's first off. <laughs> you trying to rush in the bed? Personal, oh, yeah. Hurry the hell up! Sure. <laughs> you trying to rush in the bed? You got three more three more minutes to be completely done, or people gonna start getting whippings. Hurry up! <laughs> Not whippings. Not yeah, whippings. Yeah. Mm. We went and saw Please take that off of YouTube. Please take that part off. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we in the South, Ashley. Yeah. Mm. He, he actually in Louisiana. You know, they really South. Yeah, but Louisiana is really South. Boosie was arrested by federal agents just after appearing in court for gun charges. The federal really- agents were reportedly outside of the courtroom waiting for Boosie to be done with his gun case. It is unclear what he was arrested for at this time. Time. Ashley, yeah. did you see what you just did there? When, like, soon as Byron said something about Louisiana, you just start talking about Boosie. Did you? Did you Is realize? he from Louisiana? Okay, oh, you just about to go along with it. Oh, take a black card. Take a ticket. Take it. 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 Start over. Just kill God damn it. Oh Jesus. 
hurt my heart. God damn. That was not intentional shade. That was what? not intentional shade. Crystal called it out, but that was not intentional shade. I just wanted y'all to know. No, Byron. not even shade. I just was like, see what Terrible. you there, Byron brought up Louisiana. It was like, like a coinky dinky. Right. Oh, she just like, oh. see, I knew you was gonna feel me. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm mad you pulled out the kawinky dinky. <laughs> <laughs> he knew I would use kawinky dinky. <laughs> yeah, definitely a motherly word you use. <laughs> Hello, Uncle Wicky Dinky. Why are Ryan be walking around the house talking about dang, damn it? <laughs> like, oh. You got that from me. <laughs> oh, oh man, first dinky. time I heard Kawinky Dinky, uh, bro. He Took said, bro. Took me. Listen, up. this is the kind of stuff that gets me. This is the last part of the news that I'm going to talk about today. This is the this is the kind of stuff that gets me. <sighs> <laughs> So back in 2018, I don't know if you all remember, there were two black men who were in Starbucks, minding their own business, getting their orders, doing their work, when they were arrested back in 2018 for no apparent reason. It was caught on video and all the things. Well... Starbucks took action because they said that the manager lacked leadership in that scenario and that those gentlemen had absolutely no reason to be fired. I mean, to be arrested at that time. So in return, Shannon Phillips, the manager, was fired. Well, Shannon Phillips filed a lawsuit stating that she was fired because of racial discrimination and the judges agreed with her and awarded her 25.6 million dollars what a race is it <sighs> 26 this, million this that stuff the whole bag. this that stuff Damn. He would have never made that in Starbucks. So, hey. <laughs> I mean, we're not surprised, though, in this America. Surely not. <laughs> that concludes this morning news. We're going to get into it. But before we do, I want to ask everyone to click the link at the top of the screen. Make sure you are logged and tapped all the way in with the No Stingy Energy Network. You can join our email list. You can sign up to talk to Byron. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel and so much more. Also, we have two sponsors right there. Please tap into them. Kind Skip Tracing will get you your data credits for as low as 2.8 cents per data credit. And you can catch Alvin Hope Johnson, who just joined the stage. He is one of the speakers at the 2023 Wealth connect live I'm you'll also that. see rick ross you'll see some no stingy energy team members <laughs> you'll see dr myron golden you'll see the host of visionary anetta powell 
is so many more right here at this event in Miami, also known as Byron. Yummy, man. <laughs> I was the like, Yummy, man. Did you miss your spot? <laughs> you can tap into it for tickets are as low as $297 to be in the building. So make sure you t click the link and go to the Wealth Connect Live. All right. It was crazy what they got going on right now. Buy one, get one free. So you really can get a ticket for the 150 Ooh. Buy one, get one free. Take you and your friend. Ooh. Contact your business bestie. It's called a double up. Mm. Contact your business bestie. So make sure you click the link at the top of the screen. We're going to get into it. Pass it over to you. Mm, mm, mm. Still getting me that you don't know where Boots is from. That's crazy. It was a Kawinki dink. Why are you harping on old stuff, O'Neal? That's in the past. I, I just look at them comments. I'm like, damn, y'all right. She don't she don't know where Boosie from. That's in the past. That's in the past. That's all. It's all good. It's all good. Love y'all. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Likewise. Man, so let's talk about it, man. You know, it's feel like one of these old rooms, like long time ago, like about two years ago, probably. Damn, I'm surprised you all did this on a Thursday, though. I thought I sure y'all was gonna get. We was it. having a conversation last night. Should it be informational or toxic? You know, it was a hard decision to make. I knew it was hard for you, Odeon. <laughs> I knew hard. it was real well, hard. Yesterday, toxic. Yesterday, so I mean, it was kind of like. Yeah, I was like BBLs or. They were toxic bird, the last two days because you know? Tuesday was about BBLs. Yesterday it was about that plastic and all the things. So <laughs> it was a hard one in my head, you know, leaning towards BBL, but my heart was leaning towards real estate. Yeah, you know. I'm glad y'all got it right. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, old Byron, I got a quick question hey, um, uh, on insurance. So we see what's happening in California with State Farm. Uh, I got on my rental, um, actually my, my multifamily, my duplex and my single family, I use State Farm. Uh, State Farm stopped uh, insuring properties in California. Do you all see that like impacting any other part of the country? Because I got a good relationship or stay for right now. Some people don't like them, but I mean, it's worked for me for years. Do y'all see that happening anywhere else? What's happening in California with insurance? Yeah, Louisiana, <laughs> we only got like four providers right now. Yeah, I heard Florida struggling too. There's other places where they have a lot of coastal disasters. So, you know, Cali might have a lot of fires, earthquakes, things like that. Cali, you know, Louisiana, Texas got a lot of hurricanes, hailstorms, yeah. all that shit. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. I mean, I, shit, parts of the state I, I can see, but they like, nah, no more, period, done. It's like, Cost them too much money. Right, right, right. Ain't profitable. Hey, hey, Alvin, what do you think will be the fix to something like that? Do you think it'll be something where they'll do, try to do something like a universal coverage type thing? Or how do you think they'll remedy something like that? Well, you know, they got a lot of carriers that have quit covering Louisiana. Uh, Lenders now that are not lending in Louisiana, 
uh, South Texas, and I'm talking like, like big boys, big boys. Uh, they stand away from all this. Put together something, you know, like they have that FEMA flood program in Louisiana. They're trying to do something like that with with property with casualty. I'll tell you, our insurance in Louisiana tripled. You know, we got a property that was three hundred thousand. It's over a million dollars now. Uh, our properties in South Texas, like Port Lavaca, close to Corpus, uh, they have tripled. And uh, you know, people think landlords getting rich out here. I tell you right now, landlords trying to figure this junk out. Uh, because if you don't have, and then the coverage that they're providing, trash. <laughs> coverage for triple the price yeah you can't buy full wind coverage no more unless it's not even it with a deductible so let me we got a 40 million dollar property we used to be able to buy 40 million dollars worth of coverage three hundred thousand. that property and we had 40 million dollars and i think it was like 20 in coverage in case blow off and all the windows blow out and all that kind of junk. Today we got 20 million worth of coverage for a million dollars with only 5 million limit on wind. So if all your hope you can get it all done for 5 million, that's you covering it yourself after a 5% deductible. God damn. I mean, come on, why even have it? Yeah. They're they not trying to cover for no hurricanes, basically. Trying to cover for and guess what we need insurance so, for our mortgages it's getting different out there way different i know for me man i've been using what's supposed to be worst case scenario it's like our state insurance citizens like i'm using the the last layer of insurance i'm decent that's probably what's gonna wind up happening I'm not going to say internet, I mean, across the country, O'Neal, but a lot of, even the commercial properties, they got, that's what they're trying to work on now, something like that. So at least you can have coverage, but we keep having these disasters. Who's going to pay for that? I mean, the state can't, state, Louisiana ain't got no money for that. Shit, they ain't got no money for the roads. They ain't got money for nothing. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to do something because, you know, if, Natural disasters keep happening. Hey, let's just say we got the money to fix it. it. That may be all our money. So why would we dump all our money into some, some stuff where they ain't helping us? You know? And then now we're going to have a state full of damaged property. So we got to do something. They it's definitely way. don't want that problem. There's going to be a lot of homelessness. <laughs> it's going to get bad. But yeah, the insurance is terrible, man. They not really financing them more instead of doing like Used to be like eight to ten payments. Now they're doing four, two payments. <laughs> uh like like Alvin said, they're not doing winning hell no more. Uh it's crazy. It's getting crazy. I know uh the last time I got insurance about two months ago, they was like, I, I gotta go get winning hell from somebody else. I gotta have two different policies on one house. That's what they're trying to do. Well, O'Neill, we've got about five carriers on some of our commercial properties because nobody wants the whole risk. Right. They just want so a little I, bit. I take the first two million, 
somebody else going to take the next two million, and you so you got five carriers to get ten million dollars worth of coverage. That is, and again, it's three times the cost because nobody wants to pay out. So yeah, and I'm up here thinking that was something that was normal because uh, we had two houses have fire damage last year. So I thought the rates went up because of that. No, it's across the board, huh? Sound like it. Sound like it. Come, come on, uh, Alvin. We need some creative insurance out this month. Well, I tell you, the other night, man, I was sitting outside by the pool, and my both my form, phones went off. Severe thunderstorms in your area. Baseball size hell coming. I'm like, <laughs> shit. Never had nothing like that happen. Fifteen minutes later, man, I hear hell hitting my driveway, hitting the roof, splashing in a pool. Baseball size hell. And I'm like, man. Everybody in my neighborhood now need roofs. And so you every time you turn on the news, that's what's happening. And so insurance companies say, man, y'all gonna pay us. I mean that you have to. They can't just nobody wanna pay a roof out of pocket. That shit is getting more and more expensive. Well, here we have a hailstorm once a month. So how how often you gonna change your roof? I was about to say (laughs) three in the last but three weeks like it's literally been one happening back to back and it's been larger than normal like my roof is only two years old and i need to have somebody go up and you know make sure it's no damage from that but we didn't get the same size y'all got out there they were smaller but still i never uh recall hailstorms happening that frequently in dfw now hey crystal before you call somebody let me know and i'll send my friend over for you <laughs> Please do, because I have, like, people are starting to put their card, you know, in the door now. There's so many happenings, so definitely. Well, I- business to be in, and DFW is the roofing business, because everybody right. transition over, baby. Mine's still I'm under warranty, so I'm going to take full advantage of that warranty if I need to. But yes, I- warranty cover, though. You know, people be having them stipulations with the warranties, no? Um, It's pretty comprehensive, last I checked, but I'll double check. We got my guy Welby in the building, man. We got Chris Monroe and Welby in the building, man. What's going on, Welby? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I hope everybody's well. Oh, man, we blessed, man. Yes. We looking forward to, to, to connecting with you this weekend, man, you know? Oh, uh, man, let's 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 make it happen, man. It's going to be amazing, man. So, uh, I'm, I'm super humble and appreciative of, of the platform, man. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, no, no yes, doubt, it's a blessing to have you, man. Man, let's let's get into it, man. Byron, when you see Reynolds Flips Bird build a rent multifamily, what's first thing that come to your mind, man? Build a rent. Why? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you know, a lot of people when you say build a rent, they think about a headache, long, <sighs> yeah. stressful. Is it worth it? You know what I'm saying? So when you what make you so excited about it? Well, um, because I have a, I have a systems mindset, right? And I think I have a systems approach that I believe that I'm going to employ in this particular space. And I just believe that it's going to be a very, very profitable venture for me. That's, that's just what I believe. Um, you know, of course, you know, it's all speculative at this point. But I really believe that that's it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a dope play. Um, now, of course, I'm not gonna be building to uh, rent everything. Um, you know, in theory, we would we would love to be able to build and rent every single thing. But I'm gonna be doing some build to sell and build to rent. 
you gonna be billing, billing, billing. Yeah, the 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 main thing is I'm gonna be building uh primarily on 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 um infield spec lots and um yeah, it's just that's that's it. So basically you transition into a builder. I'm transitioning to a builder. Yeah. What's the what's the biggest benefits for that? Well why would somebody want to be a builder? Well for me a wholesaler like you know, like you was before. Well, for me, I just feel like, you know, um, it's the equity, right? It's the equity that you can gain instantly if you in the right areas, right? Now, in Houston, this play is perfect. Um, other areas, it may not even make sense, right? I would say in most areas, it don't make sense. But in certain areas, like where it's really, you're uh, witnessing a lot of growth, I think it makes a ton of sense to be in this particular space. You know, uh, Houston you know, probably certain parts of Dallas, uh, Atlanta, you know, all of those heavy, heavy growth areas. Yeah, bro, it's it's the play. So you go run a place similar to uh, Brittany, Houston Homes. Yeah. She doing, she going crazy. Oh, bro. It makes sense, though, because they say it's a shortage of homes. Why not just build them? If you build it, they will come. Facts. So what's your thoughts about this title, Chris, when you see it? What sticks out to you most resonate with you? Uh, with this title, Rentals Flips, brr, Build to Rent and Multifamily, it sounds like you must be um, a chameleon. You must adapt to the landscape, what's going on in the real world. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me. If the people need rentals, we need to build rentals. If flipping is in, you need to be flipping. But I think it's very important to use whatever skill set that person may have and amplify that. I don't really feel like just jumping into something you may not like or you may not be good at uh, is a good idea. Nice, nice. Man, I'll be honest, bro. I don't think, I think you got to have a certain, not everybody meant to do all these different things. That's just my opinion. That's a fact. Not That's everybody is, is built to do all this, <laughs> this shit that's up here. So, you know, going into real estate, what do y'all think people should do? Uh, chase a bag or chase what makes them comfortable, what makes more sense in their market? What, what would be y'all advice to somebody just getting into real estate? What would, you, what would it be for you, uh, Alvin? Because there's a lot of different stuff. It takes a lot of different personalities. They yeah. all have their different stress. <laughs> Some take more time, less time. You got to deal with more people in certain situations. So what would your advice be to somebody just getting into real estate? It depended on their temperament. Everybody's not built for this for some levels of risk. Like Byron talking about being a builder, uh, everybody's not built for that. So uh, some people need to write checks to other people to just be investors because they don't have temperament for any of this. Uh, you know, some people don't have customer service skills. So you're talking about rentals. You know, we deal with people in a best and worst place. Think about stuff to go on in your house. <laughs> and so now you're dealing with somebody that's going on, you know, going through stuff at home too. So uh, my brother, he just recently retired. And man, he got on Clubhouse and he's trying to buy everybody program and trying to do everything. I said, man, sit down somewhere. Go sit down somewhere. Just because you hear this guy and he sound good don't mean his program by shit. And just because you get his program and it might be everything, you can't do all of this. 
you need to sit down somewhere and listen and see what you think you might like. He wanted to do Airbnbs. Then he gonna go and do some, hey man, can I be a builder? Man, man, you can be whatever you want, but go sit down somewhere and just figure this stuff out. Sound like a whole disaster if it happen. A natural disaster. And because it all sounds good. Everybody, Byron make all this stuff sound really great. O'Neal, you make what you do sound great. So I wouldn't give anybody that advice. The advice I would give would be what I told him. Sit down and listen and figure out what you want to do. Then go, I told him, go buy you one house first. Try that. Just go buy one and and make it not too distressed or you can, you know, however you want it. You go see mm. something you like and it's horrible, fix it. If you don't think it's too fixable, then buy something nicer. But start with one. And so we're going to see what turns out, see how that advice <laughs> works for him. <laughs> What's your thoughts about what you, what your advice be about? Yeah, man, I, I, I'm a strong believer in clarity of focus. Um, you know, it, it's funny, man, like like we, we were talking about this actually on some of our meetings in the Accelerator program, how um, that clarity of focus, bro, is, is critical. Like even now, right? I get tempted to want to, man, I ain't gonna lie. I get tempted to want to wholesale some deals. And I'm not saying I'm against wholesaling some deals. I'm not against it at all. If I run across something that that doesn't necessarily fit my model, I'm I'm yeah, I'm gonna really entertain. Is. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Because I, I know how to do that. I've I'm 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 I consider myself a professional in that particular space, but I know real quick that if you think you're gonna do all things, what's gonna happen is you're not gonna do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so that, that all things mentality, I think I can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that is the fastest way to get a whole lot of nothing done. Um, and that's, that's been the reality for me. So I try to, um, I try my best to resist as many things that jump on my plate as possible. And I try to focus my energy um, as much as I possibly can on one thing, one thing, one if thing that's my, learned. if that's my strategy, I want to learn everything about that. I want to know, I want to know the ins, the outs, the ugly, the good, the bad. I want to take my time. I want to, I want to be an expert in that space. I want to be a real student in that space. That's why I'm, I'm always, you know, anytime I get the opportunity to pay for some type of mentorship in that particular space, I ain't doing nothing else. Right. I want to do that. Right. So so if I can go to an event in that particular space, I want to do that um, because I'm committed to learning that. You know, I, um, I I mentioned all the time I go to all the Alvin's events when he's talking about that particular space. Um, you know, I bought uh, Chris Senegal's course. Um, I bought that course um, and, and anything else, you know, I, I, I stay. Listen. If you are my, if you looked at the amount of YouTube videos I watch on building, bro, you be you be you, you be mind fucked because I that's all I that's all I listen to, bro. Like I listen to building science, I learn about it like on a deep level. So when I'm talking to people who are real experts in the space, bro, they gonna be surprised. They gonna be like, yo, this dude really like he didn't done his homework. He ain't just out here like just learning the basic stuff. Now I'm learning building science. Like I'm learning, like you know, uh, uh, door test scores. I'm I'm trying to understand, like, uh, 
you know, which which products are the best, whether it be zip paneling, whether it be zip sheathing, whether it be, you know, ICF, uh, uh, insulated concrete form. Um, I'm learning about all of those different things because I really, really, really want to be a student of the game and, and respect the knowledge that, you know, other people didn't lay forth before I even got into the space. So, uh, yeah, man. I question I, I, with that. Why do you mm -hmm. feel most people don't do what you're doing right now? You I'm obsessed. Education on one thing, try to master that one thing. Why do you think the newer investors ain't doing it? I, I don't just, think they just hopping on, you know, get an Airbnb course, like what I was saying, get a, a rental course, you know, just start getting all kind of shit. So why you think more people ain't just focused on one at a time? Commitment is boring, bro. Commitment. Commitment is a drain to most people. Right. Like imagine like so we show up here on BLB, you know, how long we've been showing up here. Right. And we ain't really just getting paid like that to do this. This is something we can make a commitment to. And we say we're going to do it. Right. And we committed to sharing the information that we know. No stingy energy. We committed to it day in and day out. Listen, we've been on vacations. We've been on in and out of town and we still show up here. Commitment. It a lot of times is boring to a lot of folk. But if you're willing to make that commitment, that's where I've ever seen. That's where I've seen success come for me. It's it's the day in and day out learning. Day in and day out. They want the microwave version of success. They want to pop Facts. that in for two minutes and, and voila. Facts. So y'all seeing that a lot? The microwave success? Just want to like some fucking popcorn? Y'all been seeing that a lot? On Instagram. I must say that comes with social media living too, you know. Mm. Say so it all look good until you peel that onion back. Y'all think that's why the, the real estate success is so low? Because people, you know, they want that money right now, but once they get into it, they ain't making no money in two or three months. No, the, the thing is, though, you know, to be quite honest, most people don't make money in real estate. So so when we hear people that, that don't make money in real estate, like, shit, most people don't. That's the average. Most people are not making money. We're mm. talking about, you know, agents. We're talking about investors. We, 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 why, why do you think the bank... Why, why you think the bank play so hard with their money? Because a lot of times they give it out and don't come back right. Damn. Well, I ain't never thought about that. That's 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 true. So what what is the success rate of a, a real estate agent? What is it, like three percent, four percent? Uh, no. A, a real estate, so so based on the numbers that that, that we've seen over the over the years. So let's just say it's fifty people in in the in the real estate class. You know. Nine of them gonna pass the class, and three of them gonna make some money. One of them gonna be a rock star agent. So one out of fifty. One out really of fifty. Gonna, really gonna, really you know, it's gonna be her but career. Really, the other three probably really, like really part time. No, the other ones they they they, they may you know be average or, or, or above average, but you are gonna get one killer agent. Then that's less than one percent. Only twenty five percent make it out of out of their first year, and only twenty five percent out of whoever's left make it out of the first five. So are y'all saying all the people that I see on social media they ain't making no money? Saying they're realtors and they Cap sold the home and they Cap sold their home. Cap it. 
Kanye. They, they, they got their license to buy their own home. <laughs> yeah, got a rich husband. A nice pretty house, and they, and they shoot yep. content, acting like yep. they sold it today. Yo, so I, I actually... Damn, let's wake this shit up. You breaking up Uh-oh, a little bit, dog. Someone, breaking someone up. Out. Yeah, you breaking up. I have to get out the Wi-Fi or something. It's going in hour. Hold on. Wait a minute. Okay, so who's a realtor in the building? Because I really want to... Because I see content all the time. Certain people selling homes all the time. Y'all are saying realtors don't I really sell. I think the only realtor on the panel right now is Luis. That I see. Luis. That I know of. Talk about it. You have a thumb up. What, what does that mean? Yeah. Do you have your card on Yeah. Um, what ended up happening? See, he's is... selling the house right now. Now, wife <laughs> want that money. Wife <laughs> want that money. That's and my wife right. want that money. <laughs> she like, pass me that card. Yeah, I got something to do. <laughs> you know. Yeah. What was your question for Luis? I was asking the realtors because when I see, so I know here in this market, I know a ton of realtors, a ton of them. And they're always posting content about a new closing, a new listing, a new home going under contract. But Lo said they're Just probably- Just because they're going to well, contract. Well, some of the, Yeah, that's true. That is true. But some of them, listen, some of the, rock, some of the realtors that you see actually closing deals like that, they probably are. Some of them may be closing deals. That may be the rock star. Uh, but what he's saying is uh, most people that get that license just don't be the rock star um, for, for a variety of reasons, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Just like even in the investment space, I would say investors probably, I don't know. I, I would say investors probably have a, a higher success rate, maybe. Nah. Um, but maybe not. What you think, oh? I think all that shit in the same. You know, what, I, what I say, you know, real estate, you, you'll get into real estate and really find out that you're lazy. Because you know, <laughs> if you want, if you're not really going That's hard, true. you're not gonna win. You're not. It's too hard, if, if, man. If, if, you, if you get a job and you ain't willing to, to give 150 percent, because you're already giving 100 percent to your job. So if you ain't willing to, to, after you get off work, go harder than you went for your job for the next three, four, five hours every day, man, it's gonna be hard for you to win. If you ain't doing what Byron just said, being a student. Throwing all type of real estate knowledge in your hands, so you could be a research to, to, I mean, a, a resource to your clients. Typically, you're not gonna win. It takes a lot of the extra to win in real estate. And and again, like I say, man, you know, you, you thought you had some work ethic until you got into real estate. You thought you was going something until you got in real estate. Man, real estate make people find out they're really lazy at heart. So if they ain't close no deals, they lazy. Oh, I wouldn't say that. They, they, they or not committed. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, you good. You crystal. All right. So <clears throat> I was talking to a realtor in Atlanta, right? And she actually does real estate transactions, but she does not big on social media. She posts every now and again about her closing and such and such. But she was like, a lot of these realtors that come on, 
and I'm not talking to females, but there's a lot of females that look good. Y'all get, they get access to these million dollar homes and so on and so forth, but they ain't really doing it. They just doing it for the content to make it look like they're actually doing it so they can get those high end clientels. But someone be looking for husbands, you think, huh? And, and, mm-hmm. and that's my point. She said they sell them more yes. ass than home. They what? Whoa, whoa, they, whoa, whoa, whoa. See yeah. again? <laughs> they, sell, they sell them more ass than homes. She said they ain't really doing nothing like that. And I was like, what well, damn? And she been in the game about twenty years. I'm like, well, damn. So it kind of it kind because selling I was, I cheese, not looking, bricks. No, <laughs> no, man. And, and it's sad, dog, because you know what I'm saying. Like that. That's where we get duped at, man. Because you know they put on this. Everybody put on this damn costume jewelry that make it look like they got big Cuban links. They coming out these rented cars, walking into these homes. The houses look nice as hell, but they ain't even got the listed. Mm. They just shooting the content, you know what I mean? They they just go into the the house because it's on the market and so on and so forth. So she said they ain't really doing it out here. She said the real ones, the real ones, they don't got you know ten twenty five thousand followers. You know what I mean? She said the ones that you need to get to is the ones who got like five to seven and is actually out here doing it. You know they selling seminars, of course, and stuff like that. She said nah. She said no. Nah. It's it's all a facade. I said well damn. It's, it's a sad sight to see though. But is that is that the individual who's marketing themselves flaw? Because you know when you get in the game, you got to get yourself out there. So if they're taking those avenues, just like the gentleman said before, or they're showing stuff uh, that isn't theirs and things along those lines, they're just trying to get a chance and for someone to be able to go ahead and buy into that individual. So you can't fault that person. You should fault the person that's committing to reaching out to them and falling falling for the tricks because they're not getting an experienced person. They're not getting the person that's they're saying what they're doing. But are you doing the process as far as vetting that person? Are you doing your due diligence as far as looking on Zillow? Do they have any sales or things along those lines? So you can't fault the person who's marketing themselves. How many other companies market themselves out, out here like a restaurant? You go to that restaurant and it's ass. So it's the same exact thing. But well, they put on the facade that they got the listing. You know what I mean? They they ain't coming out here trying to actually sell it. It's just for content because if you look at it, right, there's a lot of popular ones out there. They ain't selling it. Hey, this house is listed for X amount of dollars. They just walking through the damn house looking cute and shit. You know what I mean? So that's how you know if it's a real agent or not. Because, you know, we, we can get an agent right now. It's not they listing. Not they listing at all. But they're doing the open house. They're hosting the open house for that listing. Like that—that—that's just real estate. I think I think what Gus said exactly. is really important. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, as 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 a buyer or 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 or, uh, or a seller for a listing, like it, it's it's up to you to to vet your realtor out. Like, how many transactions have your realtor done? You know, where you looking for a listing? Uh, well, how many times have they been a listing agent? And, and on, on average, how how long do they a property sit on the market? Like this is shit that that you know as as you know shopping for a realtor, you need to know how to ask the right questions so you don't be in a position where you just fail for the for the for the Instagram marketing. I mean, but could it go the other way as well though? Because I know some killers in real estate that social media suck. They got two or three thousand followers, but I've seen their numbers in real life. Could it go the other way as well? That that's my point. They ain't, the real ones don't got. Don't got you know they ain't shooting for followers. You know what I mean? They ain't shooting for followers. They shooting for transactions. So those are the ones who are actually walking into the house. You can see, hey, this house is 
uh, listed for, you know, $600,000. If you're interested, contact me. Like, they'll make it. It ain't sexy. It ain't sexy. They ain't spending their money uh, on sexy content. I, 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 I disagree. I disagree. Hey, I think I, it go I, hand I, in hand. My girl, my girl got 102,000 followers. She's sexy as a motherfucker. And they be her, they be her listeners and she sell a lot of houses. Yeah, and I think sexy, I. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a it's a I don't think it's a social media thing. I think social media is just one of those things where it can it can deceive. But I don't think that. Listen, you got a lot of successful realtors <laughs> who got popping Instagrams, and they really popping in real life. Like that, like that's a thing. And you got some that just don't. You know what I mean? I think social media. You know, is a skill too. That's a skill. Like I, I look at some people on social media and be like, damn, they, they really good at this. They really good at social media. But I don't think social media is the litmus test for you know whether or not your success. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because some people are good at just they good at realtors and they great at social media too. They do all of it at, at high levels. Matter of fact, I know a lot of them that do it high on both high levels on both ends. Like uh, Porsche. She, yeah, she kill it. Nicole Handy, come on, bro. Like I know a lot of realtors that get to it, and and they big popping on on all on all things. Um, I just think, man, at the end of the day, ultimately, I think social media hard to judge if a person really getting it or not. That's a fact. That is I mean, an absolute fact. If somebody really in the business, they probably could tell, but. I don't think like somebody that's really not in real estate. I don't think you can tell about somebody's social media they really get it. Yeah, that's a fact. Show me the damn hoods. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, the hoods. The hoods won't lie. Yeah, you know the hoods don't lie. You know, but man, at the end of the day, I you know I want I want to make sure. You know, we got a title where we're talking about a lot of different strategies, um, and. My thing is, I believe, man, I'm just a firm believer in just finding your lane and dominating that lane, at least first, and then diversifying into other stuff after that. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I was in wholesaling, I was in wholesaling. You hear me? Like I was host, I wanted to be the 100% best wholesaler on the planet. I wanted to outdo everybody, everybody from day one. That was my focus. That was my goal. And I was very successful at it. Very successful. At it. Man, I was 100% all in, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I think when we when we picking this stuff, man, it, it's it's a, it's a, I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm just, a, I got an all or nothing kind of, you know, I just move with all or nothing kind of spirit. Like I'm going all the way in. Um, and I think when we listen to these kind of conversations, I think it's well, well, the good takeaways is let me do some real self-reflection. Let me listen to these specific opportunities and see which one I feel like I can dominate in. And then when you find that one you can dominate in, go all in. Don't look left. Don't look right. Look straight and go all the way in. That's what I've seen be successful, at least for me. At least for me, I can't speak for nobody else, but I can't I can't be looking too many directions if I really want to win in a specific space. That, that ain't never worked for me. That ain't my that ain't my skill set. Maybe it's work for other folk though. A lot of people can't handle that either. A lot of people can't learn two different things at once and try to do both at the same time. It really don't make sense. I know for me, I like to figure out one like what you said. 
master, then I move on. I ain't finna do all that at one time. Cause you never really gonna get good at either if you're trying to do too too many things at one time. But uh, I typically always ask people like, you know, what, what's your goals? Like, what you trying to do? You know, what's going on in your personal life, or what you trying to do in the next year? Where you trying to be at financially, and then where you trying to be in the next five years? If you trying to just get passive income or get rentals, then you shouldn't really be doing worrying about flipping and all that other shit. Learn how to wholesale. Learn how to find deals direct to seller. If you don't like the deal, wholesale it. If it fit your buy box, buy the deal, keep it as a rental. It's that simple. But I say everybody, don't matter what type of real estate you're in, I think everybody needs to learn how to do marketing like a wholesaler. Because if you direct a seller in any business, you get more business than the people that's just doing generic marketing. What's your thoughts about that? I agree Big with fact. that because you got to be having control of the deal. You can decide which way it goes. It makes a big difference when you're direct to seller. Because I think if you're not a market like a wholesaler, man, you kill it in any business because we're aggressive with that shit. Facts. Hey, it's Kara. So, um, good morning, everybody. So, for the people that may not understand all the terms that you all use, like BRRR and things like that, can anybody walk people through that? I do understand, but I think some people may not. Sure, sure, sure. So rentals. Yeah. So wait a minute. We're gonna do that at the second half. Yeah, I didn't and even when you yes. And when you do that, O'Neill and Byron and guests on the stage, please also discuss some of your perceived strengths and weaknesses of each area too for the people in the room who are trying to learn the difference between all of them and what they may like and not like as it pertains to what they would like to try to get into let's discuss all of those so what each thing is and what are some um, ups and downs for each area so thank you i was just about to say can we cue it in <laughs> Hey y'all, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Thank you so much for tapping in to the No Stingy Energy community today. If you haven't already, make sure you click the link at the top of your screen. Connect with No Stingy Energy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and or TikTok. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Special thanks to those of you who have already subscribed. Don't forget to check out our sponsors you'll see two sponsors listed right there. One of our sponsors is Kind Skip Tracy, and the other sponsor is the Wealth Connect Live 2023, taking place in Miami, Florida, June 23rd through the 25th. So make sure you tap all the way in. Tickets are buy one, get one, so you can grab your business bestie and y'all can go together for the price of one. Make sure you tap into it. Want to give you a couple of updates in the second part of the BOB news for you today. But Light loses its title as America's top selling beer. It's actually a new beer that's based from Mexico that's now the top selling beer for the beer drinkers in the room. Are you a Bud Light fan, Byron? Who do you? Ah, uh, nah. Not a beer guy. I don't drink beer. I used to. I know liquor guy. Old fashioned to be that exact. Liquor. I've been to I've been down that liquor though. Give me that wine. Ooh. Yeah. That wine is on right too. That wine slap you if you get the right one. Yeah. 
Why are y'all like this every day? Y'all just take stuff and run with it every Uh, single time. Ashley, I don't want no beer belly. You know what I'm saying? Oh, is that that's okay? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to be. Trying to be fine for the summer, so I'm on that wine, you know. That beer belly is coming. Fuck all that bet. I ain't want no dad bod. Oh my gosh. At least 11 states have enacted restrictive voting laws this year. There's a report that came out for the British Center of for Justice shows that continued efforts by state legislators to bring change to election laws in an age of election denialism, where they're trying to prevent people from being able to cast their votes. Diversity programs and universities are being cut across the country. Florida has been a a state that's been in the headlines a lot for restricting curriculum that discusses African-American history and other diversity key points. So that is something that's starting to go over to other areas. And as you all are visiting Miami, please know that the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, has officially filed to run for the presidency. He is a GOP candidate. You gonna go beat him in Miami, Byron? Probably not. A former Harvard morgue manager is accused of stealing, selling, and shipping human body parts in an indictment. Mm. When the medical school is finished with the remains, they are typically cremated and are either returned to the donor's family or buried in a cemetery. But this particular manager, he's been selling them Mm. and shipping them to other places. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, right? And then the last thing, there's this young lady who uh, died by a hit and run by a suspected drunk driver that she refused to ride with earlier because they were a drunk driver. She was bar hopping with a co-worker and later refused to get into the co-worker's car, choosing to walk home instead because the co-worker had too many drinks and the co-worker ended up being the suspect in a hit and run, killing her. Mm-hmm. That's sad. I won't end on bad notes, so I'll just say that the Wimbledon prize money has increased to a record of $56.6 million, which is 11.2% increase from last year's prize So that concludes this morning's news. We're going to get back into it. Rentals, flips, burr, built to rent, multifamily. Want to know, O'Neill and Byron, the difference between each one is some of the ups and downs of each one. For the people who are entering the room, this is their first time hearing about each area of real estate. And they want to know about them, but they also want to know, what are some of the benefits and what are some of the pitfalls of each of them? Click the link at the top of the screen to grab your ticket to the Wealth Connect Live 2023. You can join in Miami, Florida 
Our very own Alvin Hope Johnson is on the stage. He is one of the speakers. Rick Ross is the headliner. You also have Dr. Myron Golden, who is a top premier business coach. And you have others who will be guest speakers and featured speakers at this event. This is produced by Netta Powell. She is the visionary behind this event. And you can grab your ticket right now, two for one. So tap into the link at the top of the screen. Make sure you save it, archive it. Most importantly, share it with a friend. Grab your business bestie and both of you can go for the price of one. Thank you all so much for tapping in. O'Neill, Byron. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Back to you. All right, let's get to it. What are these different things? having these titles so rentals um that's buying a property that could be commercial that could be a single family a duplex whatever you just rent it out cash flow uh the benefits are cash flow it can be passive if you get a team in place property manager all that um but the benefits are taxes you get depreciation you get write-offs you get uh accelerated depreciation um your interest is written off that you pay. Your insurance is written off as well. Your taxes, property taxes, written off. So, uh, let's just say you have a job and you're making a lot of money, and you have to pay a certain amount of taxes. If you own real estate, that goes with that. So, you may have to pay less taxes than you would if you just had just a job. So that's a huge benefit for that. Uh, you also have equity. Uh, it goes up in value every year, and then you also your debt is getting paid down every year. So your equity increases every year which increases your network all right um we got flips so the benefit of flips is making a big chunk of cash typically in a short amount of time um now the bad things about it is it's taxed heavy it's taxed heavy um let's see what else the market can change you know like it, it happened last year the interest rates go up so that means less people are buying typically um uh, let's see what else hmm a lot of people involved you got um most times you got two different realtors you got mortgage lenders you got uh, a lot of different buyers coming in at your house you know it's a lot of people involved um uh, what else we got the bird strategy could be rehab intensive for a flip could be rehab intensive you got to do a lot of contractors too forgot about that uh, if the market don't like your property and it's just sitting there, it's costing you money. So for me, I always carrying tell people, costs. you got carrying costs. I always tell, this is just my advice. You know, you take it as you, as you, whatever. I only tell people flip houses that have multiple exit strategies. Cause you don't want to be stuck with a house that you think is nice, but the market don't think it's nice and you can't do shit with it. You want to have a house that you can Exit strategies. Oh, tell us what you mean by that. All right, so exit strategies. For me, in my market, I'm only gonna flip a house that's two, maybe 220,000 and under. Really, I like to stay under 190. Reason being because they don't have nothing on the market at that, at that price, because all the new construction is 200K plus. In my, I'm in Louisiana, so it's not a lot of people making money. A lot of people have pre-approvals that's under 200. They can't find nothing. Um. So let's just say I have a house that's 200K, sit on the market five, six months. It's costing me money at this point. What do I do? 
put it back on the market with another realtor or do a refinance and rent it out. Or maybe I can sell it on terms. Tell somebody, hey, give me ten, fifteen thousand now, pay me fifteen hundred a month for the next twenty years. Or maybe it makes sense for me to put it on Airbnb. So that's different exit strategies. So it's important that if you get into flips that you have multiple exit strategies on the property so you're not stuck with a property just sitting on the market. That's now it's costing you money. And you got to come out of your own pocket to pay for this property every month. So that's my um, take on flips. I'm not really a big flip guy. I do flips here and there, but that's not really my thing. Uh, Birth strategy. That's buying a house, rehabbing it, renting it out, and you refinance. So when you buy a house, when you're doing the birth strategy, the most important thing is you buy an asset at a deeply discounted rate. So you got to make sure you run all your numbers right. You got to find the ARV. You also need to find out what people are buying that property as is. So if everybody in the area, all the other investors are buying them at 50000 you need to try to buy it under 50000 you don't want to buy at the same price as them because hey, just let's just worst case scenario, you get in the buy and you can't finish the rehab. You can just go ahead and sell it as is to the people in the area, and you got it at a discount. You can sell it to them at a discount, and everybody cool. You can get rid of it if you need to. Um, rehab, you got to make sure you get multiple estimates for multiple contractors. So yeah, uh, your budget is not way over. It's not way over budget, and your budget still makes sense. Um, and we're talking about the rehab, you got to make sure you get qualified people to do it because you don't want to hire a random person to come do it. They start and they don't finish or they don't show up. They're not meeting timelines. So you got to make sure you get a contractor that referred from somebody else or um, somebody that's you picked them up from a, a real estate investing networking group. The contractors will make or break your deal because if they're taking way too long, it's costing you money. It's costing time. Uh, if they show up when they want, it's costing you money. It's costing you time. They drink it on a job. You know, they may be working from eight to five, but they're really working two, three hours because they focus on drinking and not really working. And it's a bad representation. So that's the biggest thing on the on the rehab part. Um, when you rent it out, you got to make sure you qualify the tenant. Don't just get the first person that have the money, have the deposit. You got to make sure you run background check, credit check. Background check, you're trying to see if they, you know, uh, if they like children. You know, you may not want them in your property. Uh, if they've been to jail, what they've been to jail for, um, how many evictions they have. You know, you want to look at the, all those different things on their background check. What type of job they have. Are they really working? Are you calling that supervisor? Are you calling that company to see if they're actually employed there or they just put it there? Um, on the application, you want to see was their current residence, where they living now. Are they living at a shelter? Are they living at an apartment? Are they living at another rental? You know, where they living? You want to actually contact their landlord as well and uh, see if they really live there. And you want to see if that landlord is real. Do they really own these properties? Look them up on PropStream. It may be their cousin or their uncle. You know, you got to do the work when you're renting out these properties because as the landlord, you're picking this person. So they tell your house, you know, you can't really blame on the tenants on you because you picked that person. Uh, you want to see if you want to do Section 8. You want to go to your local Section 8 office, see what the rent is for a three-bedroom, and see if it makes sense. Now, when it comes to Section 8, for me, I don't like tenants that's under 30. Reason being because, you know, they may have a lot of kids. Kids beat up your property. Uh, most of the time, 
these people that's renting your houses, if they like, you know, in the age of 18 to 30 or 29, they typically have boyfriends, boyfriends and girlfriends be like to fight. They put holes in she rock, shit like that. So you just got to know what type of tenant that you're looking for. I usually like older tenants because older tenants going to stay longer. They treat it like it's their own property. They're not looking to move, uh, move, a, move around a lot. So you got to know what type of tenant are you looking for specifically. All right. Um, you got to make sure you run your numbers for rent, rent and all the debt that you have to pay. Your debt is your mortgage, uh, your interest, depending on whatever the interest is, your insurance, um, and your taxes, your property taxes. And then you got to save some money to the side and let the case something happen. But it's important that when you're renovating the property that you get an inspection and you fix all the major issues. Oh, so no, like a lot of work. Hey, man, is it, you want it or not at the end of the day. <laughs> it is some work, though. It is some work in the beginning, especially when you don't know better. When you don't know better, it costs you more money because you're just hiring your uncle to do some plumbing. You're hiring your cousin to hang up the cabinets. You're hiring your, your little brother to do the paint. Treat it like a business if you're going to get into it. Time is money. You don't need to be on a house. A rehab shouldn't be taking six months. A rehab shouldn't be taking that three part, months. You know what part. I'm saying? So if you really want to thrive in this business, you got to treat it like a business, not a hobby. You're not employing family members to get shit done for your house because your uncle will show up when he want, not when you want, because y'all got love for each other. You know what I'm saying? He's he not going to take you serious because you're not a client. Unless your uncle owns a plumbing business, right? And is a legitimate top plumbing master, master yeah. plumber and isn't it. doing it himself and sending his crew out there. That's a different story, right? Exactly. You know? Um, so I'm talking about that, the uncle that, that lived with your auntie. Yes, <laughs> I mean, that lived yes. with his mom that, that, that work here and there. That's what I'm talking about. That say he know how to do plumbing. I also saw in the chat and I commented somebody that said they're their own contractor because they're small right now. That's okay if you have construction experience, but these rehabs tend to go from two months to three months to six months to eight months when people try to do it themselves because they don't know what they're doing. So trying to save money, costs. they're really not. Right. What so O'Neill. Go ahead. Yeah, one of the things that you mentioned that is overlooked big time, you mentioned it. You talked about the interest. When it comes to Burr, one of the big things in there is when you refi and get your cash out. Mm -hmm. How long is it going to take to get your cash out? Because when you take a look at the amount of interest, you, you mentioned a $200,000 mortgage at 6%. And you did all that work. You did all the work that you needed to do to get the right renter in. And they finally get in. You know, you got that renter in. But when they pay you that rent money on that $200,000 mortgage at 6%, do you know what you're really doing is you're using the bank's money to buy your equity. And now you're buying the equity back from the bank. Out of that rent money that they gave you in the first year, only $2,456 went to the principal, buying your equity back. You paid $11,933 in interest. That's 80% of the money your tenant gave you went up in smoke. But we focus on 
whether we're cash flowing or not. And we treat this money as if the tenant is paying the mortgage. The tenant is not paying the mortgage. The tenant is paying you. And now you're taking your money and paying the mortgage and 80% of that money just went up in smoke. So if somebody gave me $14,389 in a year and all I have to show for it, what's left is $2,456. How is that a good thing? Somebody tell me right now, how is that a good thing? Should we be paying more attention to how much interest we're actually paying on these bird properties and see if we can um, see if we can get our equity faster and cheaper? There's, there is a way. But should we start paying more attention to that? Because that is a big thing that's overlooked. That $11,000, that $12,000 you just gave the bank, some of that money could be used to reinvest in other properties. Why are we okay with giving 80% of our money away? That's my question. It's a great question. Who got the answer? I don't know now. Yeah, so here's what we could do, all right? So you mentioned putting some money away for, um, for you know, we've got to put money away in case somebody puts a hole in <laughs> sheetrock, okay? We got to put some money away for turnover, we got for, for, for repairs and maintenance. You got to put some money away. And let's say you, there's a sustainable way to get your equity cheaper and faster. When I mean by sustainable, you know how much money is going into your repair fund, your, 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 when you want to you know, do your maintenance and repairs. You know how much money that's going in there, all right? Every month out of the rents. So you, you have a, a pile of money over here and it's sitting in the bank. And that money that you have for, for repairs how much is it making in the bank? What, one-tenth of one percent? But it's sitting there. So that 2000 do you know that $2,400 I talked about that, that you're going to pay down on the principal in one year? What if you have like $15,000 in the bank, all right, in your repair fund? Could you take that $2,456 that you're going to give the bank anyway? What if you prepaid that, that your mortgage, the 2,456? That means that is a year's worth of principal. You could pay that in one month. Now you've got the principal, you got it paid down, but you did it in one month. And, and instead of giving the bank $11,000 or maybe nearly $12,000 to get that principal paid down, you just paid them $1,000 in interest, but you have the same $2,456 in equity. So you got your equity for $1,000 in interest instead of $12,000 in interest. And, by, by, um, and then what if you didn't do anything until you put that, that $2,400 back in your, in your fund? Let's say it took you three to five months to put it back. And could you, you, could you take that money and do it again and knock off another year? 
and save another $12,000? This is what I'm talking about. So buy, so if you're going to do um, um, Burr strategy, what if you could get your money out 10 to 15 years sooner to use it again at a much lower interest cost if you just understood how an amortization schedule actually worked against you and make it work for you. Once you see these numbers shake out, you can get, you can get instead of taking, you know, getting your 80% out of your $100,000 in equity, okay, normally to get $100,000 in equity in this thing, it would, it would shoot. I'm just scrolling here. It takes 252 months and $200,000 in interest. Now I got my $100,000 in equity, but it cost me a ton of interest to get it. What if I could get that $100,000 in equity much faster, much cheaper, and it didn't cost me $200,000, it cost me maybe $75,000. You're gonna have to have a whole nother masterclass on this. You see, but you, you have to we see them. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to need some visuals. Yes, you, you need the visuals. You're going you, deep. You're going deep. You need the visuals to make, to make sure you can see this happening. But we're throwing away a lot of money. Investors are throwing away a lot of money on interest when they could take that money and be buying doors with it. But we just count that money as the cost of doing business because nobody's talking about it. We talk about every other aspect of this. There's plenty of strategies to keep your money through tax loopholes and, and uh, making sure you don't give the government a lot of your money. Right. But you're going to pay way more interest than you'll ever pay in taxes. And we don't have anything for interest conservation. Nothing. I'm done. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, we got Byron, man. You oh. up. Build a rent. I want to hear what Alvin got to say about that build to rent play. Alvin still with us? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, man. Tell us about that, what the build to rent, the benefits are, and what's, what's uh, the headaches about it as well. Well, uh, the, I always look at the advantages first. and uh, But it takes experience, skill set, a team, or something, uh, or all of the above. But let's just use that $200,000 house, for instance, O'Neill, that you were talking about. Um, for a built, well, let's not use a $200,000 house. Let's use a $300,000 house. And it may be a duplex. So it's going to be a rental because that's, that's what we're talking about, build a rent. That $300,000 duplex, if those units are, call them, you know, it's a two-bedroom, so they 896 square feet each. You got roughly 1,700 square feet there. If you can, if an experienced builder today, uh, knowing what his finishes look like and knowing how to value engineer his construction, may be able to build that thing for, call it 120 bucks a foot. So you got 1,700 square feet. You might be all in this thing at 190, 200,000 bucks. Well, I just told you it's a $300,000 duplex. So you just built in, when you build this thing, you got 30% appreciation the day you finish. So it's, it's, it's uh, you know, the cars that we buy, 
or that hamburger that you go went to McDonald's and got yesterday that cost nine dollars, it probably didn't cost McDonald's anything, but in hard costs less than a dollar. Then they got other ancillary costs for having a building and employees and etc. But they probably didn't spend over three dollars for that nine dollar hamburger. It's almost the same thing when you're building this house. If you know how to do it with the right teams and everything, you're all in this thing at two hundred. Even if you go over a budget at two twenty, two thirty. You still have a three hundred thousand dollar asset. So all the houses that you go buy, your three hundred thousand home that you just purchased, that builder didn't it didn't cost him more than three hundred thousand to build it. There, there's a there's a big uptick in creating your own value. And as a builder, that's what you're doing. You're creating value. As a as a wholesaler, as a flipper, you're taking appreciation of value that's there. You're adding a little work to it and increasing the value doing the same thing with a new build. I got a Some, question, Alvin. Huh? Like with these neighborhoods, like the DR Hart neighborhoods, okay, let's just say they're selling a house for 300000 What do you think they're all in at? No more than two twenty. So and they're making about 80000 80, Well, it's probably less than that after real estate. It's less stuff. than that. You got, you know, you got your closing costs. and yeah, you got forty five, fifty probably. Exactly, but... There's a minimum of a 20% margin in those things because it's not worth the squeeze if you got to do that for less than 200. And you also won't catch a DR Horton doing a single house in a neighborhood unless you hired them to do a, a specific deal, I think. Uh, so they go into a whole neighborhood. And the reason that is, is because, okay, one house you make 20,000, but if you do 100 of them in this neighborhood, that value engineering and and uh, the uptick that you get be because you're buying more supplies, right? You you're able to squeeze your costs down a little bit more, and so now that twenty thousand on one house turns into thirty thousand on three, it turns into fifty thousand on a hundred because just the economy of scale that you get for doing more things in the same place than scattered all over the place. So, uh, but in that three hundred thousand dollar house neighborhood. They may, the guy that developed that land, just, I'll give you a for instance, eight acre track of land we got right now in Mansfield, Texas. We paid 800,000 for that land. We spent $200,000 on the engineer to get that piece of land platted. Meaning when you look at it, it looked like 91 little lots for townhomes. Now we spent 800 plus 200 and it took us a year but next week, when the city stamps that plat and says this is approved for 91 townhome lots, those you go up to townhome are worth 45 to 50 thousand dollars a piece now. And so now we turn that million dollar investment into a four and a half million dollar asset. So now that 45 thousand dollar lot, you can probably. On that thing, I think those townhomes are going to be worth somewhere about $500,000 a piece. Typically, the dirt and the lot don't cost more than 20% of the value of the home. So that's if you're doing one. But if you're doing them like I just said, our lot cost versus the value of that is so much greater. I mean, we got $30,000 a lot profit built in just on the lot. Then when we build the townhomes that's going to sell for $500,000, our budget on those townhomes is $220,000. So 
So now you're talking 220 plus maybe 10 for the lot that it costs us to do that. Not 20 for the lot that it costs us to do that. And now you're in that thing at 240, 250 with a $500,000 value. So our exit strategy for those townhomes is first to sell them. And then if all else fails, we got roughly 250, even if I count the cost of interest and everything, we're all in these things at 300,000, we can rent them for 1,800 and still make a profit. And so, uh, and then there's multiple exit strategies along the way too. So that's what O'Neill just said. Uh, he don't do anything without multiple exit strategies. So the first Hell no. <laughs> on that deal is after those lots get platted, they worth 45,000 a piece, four and a half million. Right now we got that whole thing for sale for $2.1 million because I don't want to build a townhomes. And so I got somebody coming to my office today that'll probably finance that deal. And so then they'll go on. So that's my first exit strategy is just selling the lots after they're platted and make a million dollars profit. The second exit strategy is do all the horizontal improvements, meaning I can get all the roads in, all the streets in, curbs, gutters, fences, and everything up around the neighborhood, and then start selling lots. That's and the another. value go up again, right? And they, the value go up again once the streets go in and all that stuff. That's right. And so then the third exit strategy is to sell it. The fourth exit strategy is to rent it. And, uh, and there's 91 of them in a really nice area. And so that build a rent model gives you multiple exit strategies along the way, especially when you're starting at just ground zero with the dirt. Hey, y'all, I got so a, Alan, a question so for Alvin. Uncle real quick. No, no, I got a question for Uncle real quick. Uh, Uncle Alvin, did you know they was building an HEB before you brought that land in Mamble? Hey. I did. Okay. Know. They got an HEB town center, and HEB does not miss when it comes to real estate development. So just wanted to let you know your value probably going up a whole lot because they're building an HEB town center off Highway 6 and 288 in Maville called the Maville Town Center. Just, just wanted to let you know that. So HEB like a Whole Foods situation. They are trying to. Yeah. Mm. So, Alvin, a quick question. We, we've talked about this. Um, but you, when you talked about your all in and how much interest that was in the thing, but what if you could, we've talked about, what if you cut that interest cost by seven, by, by 50%. So um, I'm working with an investor that we all know, but I'm going to, we're going to prove it out to be, be true. Uh, they're, they're involved in a project that's going to cost at least 15 million in interest alone, 15 million in interest alone. I'm going to save him seven. I'm going to save him seven million dollars in interest, without sacrificing a dime of the monies that's supposed to go into reinvesting. So now, instead of costing fifteen million, this is going to cost seven million dollars less just in the interest cost. What could they do with that? This is a thing that we got to stop ignoring, wouldn't you say? That's a fact. And I'll tell you that that is applicable, Don, most of the time on our permanent loans, uh, on our construction loans and on our loans on these on the land. Ninety percent of the time, those land, those loans are interest only. So we're burning through cash, uh, as you say, uh, at a, an exorbitant rate 
But that's why O'Neill said, hey, man, if that rehab taking six months, all you're doing is burning cash. You're burning time because 90% of those loans on a flip are interest only. So uh, time is yeah. money, as he said. So Got to be in and out. Got to be in and out. And then once you get out and you get into a permanent loan situation, what Don is talking about is absolutely critical to your long-term success. I mean, I want to do that on some of our, on our larger multifamilies. Uh, and we're just going to figure that part out. But, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, you, you put a 40 year mortgage on a deal and you think, okay, that's great. It's locked in forever. And I don't have to worry about it. Cause you know, when I'm 135 years old, who will care if that mortgage is paid for, but man, what if I could pay it off by the time I'm 90, that leaves me 40 years. You know, I mean, it's a lot, I'm not that old, but, uh, <laughs> A lot of times when we think about a 35, 40 year mortgage, you don't think about that. You just, oh, if I can make these monthly payments, that's great. But what Don is talking about, if you can pay that interest off sooner or pay that asset off a whole lot sooner, you might have a lot more years of bliss. Yeah. Hey, Alvin, I got a question. So what's, what's the headaches about doing the build a rent? Though? What's the downfalls, man? We talked about the positives, the exit strategy. What's the downfalls of doing it? I think the first part, O'Neill, is finding the people. Uh, you know, real estate is a people business. So when you're talking to build a rent, you're, you're looking at everything from architects, engineers, contractors, AC guys, buying blinds. And, and so you really, I'm not going to say you can't do it by yourself. You will not do it by yourself at scale. Uh, so the hardest part about that is people. Um, you know, you got to find the reliable people, the people that are not going to try to goose you on price. So you have to know what things cost. Um, so the team, the team is the most important thing because you will not know everything about every piece of this. And if you do, that's great. If you know everything about every piece of this, that's great. But that don't mean you can still do everything. So you still need people. I might know how to team. What do you mean specifically when you say team? You talking about like attorneys, a realtor? Are you talking about like a land development, a plumber, and the people that do the beginner? All of that. Because if you don't know anything about real estate, you got to find a lot first. So now you need a realtor. And now you need some advice as to if you're overpaying for that lot. Then once you find that lot and buy it, then, and see, this is all backwards. Then you go, okay, I bought a lot. Oh, great. Now you got to go find somebody to design a house that will fit on that lot that's commensurate with that neighborhood. Okay, now you've done all of that. Now you got to find somebody to build it. And then you got to, you know, so it's so many steps in that process. I'm not saying you can't do it because we've got some really smart people right here in this room right now that are, that started with their first one and now they're doing multiples. But the downsides, most people will not put in the work to learn they just think that they could write a check and cure a problem, and money does not cure all problems. Money does not cure time problems. Money, money does get your ass in trouble too. It will get you in trouble, and then you might be paying the wrong people because everybody that say they're a plumber don't just because they got a license don't mean they know the most effective way to get stuff done. We've all seen things that have been built that don't make sense or that don't work, and they were all built and inspected by the city and have. People had licenses that did it. That just don't mean it's the most effective or the best way to get it done. So there's just so many downsides or potential downsides to that build a rent space that you really have to have a team of people that know what they're doing uh, to make sure that you're protected in every front. Gotcha, gotcha. So Alvin, hey, 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 if I'm wrong, quick question. 
So before you, you know, when you're looking for a lot, the most important thing is, you know, before you even put on the contract, don't you have to do the research on the lot to make sure you can actually build what you have in your mind? That you should. And because uh, I think a lot of people hear this and be like, you know, I can just go get any piece of dirt and make my dream come to life. And that's not necessarily the case. I think yeah. a lot of people get in trouble like that. They don't even do the upfront work. They buy a lot. And then that's when they start. OK, let's go see what I can do. You know, if you start off like that, you you messing up because now you're buying a piece of property that you can't do nothing with. Yeah, that's a fact. Hey, how often does, uh, Alvin, how often does the design of the house must commiserate with the neighborhood? Um, I mean, to, to, to O'Neill's point, right? I mean, is, is our lot, right? I mean, you, you typically have a vision for it. Um, I, I, I do know like homeowner associations sometimes require that, but how often is, is, is it that your design must be in alignment with the neighborhood? Well, it just depends. That's a great question. That is a great question. Your HOAs a lot of times will, will dictate that. You know, Houston doesn't have any zoning, and a lot of areas of Houston don't have any HOAs. So if you're driving down, you know, if you are in an area that has all wood frame houses and you come up with a nice two-story, three-story townhome uh, that's brand new in an area that has not completely gentrified, you that might not be the best place for the first house unless you have the ability to sit there and let it do something until somebody else says, hey, man, look at that super nice house in this ragged-ass neighborhood. What is it doing here? Maybe this neighborhood's about to change, and they want to be the first ones. That may not be the best use of your money at that time, especially if you're a first-time investor, just because you saw an empty lot sitting in an old, abandoned, or raggedy neighborhood. Oh, I can go... Now, in Houston, you got people that started that 10 years ago. I mean, I built a house in Third Ward in Houston 25 years ago. Uh, I mean, Fifth Ward. Uh, it was the first brick house in Fifth Ward on Raleigh Street. I couldn't sell that house 25 years ago for $300,000. Today, every house in Fifth Ward going up is over 300000 So it's just timing and making it. And so to answer your question, you don't have to, but you might be sitting on that deal for a long time. I, I wound up living in because I couldn't sell that house. Well, that's where my that's where my girl was from, so it wasn't no big deal. But I overbuilt that neighborhood 25 years ago, and today the house looks like it's right in place because other people have come along and done the same thing. So just depending on what your exit strategy is for your money and your lot. But you, like O'Neill said, if you don't do if you want to put a duplex on a lot. Some some situations won't allow you to have a rental property uh, or a multifamily on that in that particular neighborhood. I mean, if you lived in a half million dollar neighborhood, you want to see a guy build a duplex next door to you? You might not. It also depends on how you're how you're financing it. If you're using bank financing, then it's gonna be hard to get bank financing if you're building something that's not there already. If you're paying for it yourself out of pocket, then you might have a shot. Malachi, thank you. I was waiting for you to chime in because. With that question he just asked, you know, you do a lot in third ward, right? So today it's easy because you got comps, but 10 years ago, if you had built that half million dollar house over there, might not have been that many comps to support the value. So 
That's another thing. Uh, I think that was Tim who asked the question. Yeah, bro, and, and Alvin, that's what uh, that's what we see here in Atlanta, right? I mean, so I mean, you, you seeing these million dollar joints coming up uh, on on streets where you know you still a little nervous to get out of your car, specifically in areas like Mechanicsville, right? I mean, but when when you see what's happening around to the point, you you can see it, and you can see the other comps in the area. It's still a little sketchy, right? But you can see what's happening uh in the area so i mean make, make a ton of sense because you you might have an eighty thousand dollar house that's falling apart literally next to a four million dollar joint that was just built it's, it's kind of nuts malachi would you like to add to the build to rent conversation uh, shit just listen to alvin everything he's saying is, is spot on uh the only thing i'd add is up until 2026 is some great tax laws in place uh for construction from opportunity zones and other different things that's all but I, yeah uncle alvin is making tons of sense well, let me ask you this malachi since i'm talking to you already what do you think is what should be the best financing when it comes to doing these uh single families and duplexes what, what would you suggest that's a, that's a major key when it comes to this build a rent stuff as well with that well all real estate uh, it depends on if you're doing it by yourself. If you if you got help, so like like Alvin said, it's not this isn't really something you can do at scale by yourself. So you'll need you know investor money uh, to do what he's doing at his scale. If you're doing it individually, then uh, I always like to you utilize lines of credit uh, to help pay your construction costs and get your land and lot loans uh, to you know, get help help get basically finance everything either via lot loan or a line of credit until you have the house built uh to sell at the end or get a cash out refi. I like it, I like it. So let's uh we got we got we'll go bring it back to Alvin again, man. What what you think is the the benefits and the headaches of multifamily, man? I think you're probably the only multifamily investor up here. Oh and we got Al and Najee as well. So I, I like to get y'all take on it too. Let's go to let's go to them first. Go to Naja, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me let me see if Onaja with us. Hey, what's going on, y'all? What's headaches of multifamily. Shit, they <laughs> the headaches of multifamily are abound, I'm sure. Uh I think the, the biggest thing, um, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider with multifamily versus single family. You know, one of the I think most the benefits are probably obvious. Uh, you know, you just got more doors, location, um, you know, economies of scale is probably the biggest uh, reason why you want to move into multifamily. But some of the downfalls that I think people don't think about, uh, number one for me is that you're just sharing walls, right? Like the, the tenant base itself, the, the, the type of people, you just got to remember you're sharing walls. You know, somebody's on top of somebody's head, somebody's sharing a wall, somebody's below somebody, right? So now you're kind of dealing with management issues, right, that you look like you likely won't have to deal with in single family, right? Oh, this person's parking in my space. Um, that's a big one um, that I've dealt with uh, where we, we just to the point in our company policy, uh, we're eliminating, uh, uh, you know, parking uh, type of deal, um, like reserve parking, right? I don't do that no more because they can't, you know, <laughs> they always fighting about dumb stuff, right? So um, sharing walls can include just literally like, hey, this this kid is on the second floor and, and now, you know, they up all night screaming or um, things like that. Or just, you know, you could have one nasty tenant 
um, literally one nasty tenant in a whole complex or a whole wing of a building, and that one nasty tenant bring all their roaches and bed bugs and all their crap to everybody else, right? Because you're sharing walls and, and that stuff travels. So, you know, those are some of the, you know, management is really probably the biggest issue in my opinion. Um, you know, I'm curious to hear what Uncle Al has to say. I'm sure he probably agrees. Um, but that, that's where that's where multifamily gets tough. And if you're under, I don't know, 50, 60 doors, um, then management is really, really tough. And that's why you'll hear people say go bigger earlier, right? Because, you know, Really, I, 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 people tell people to go bigger, but I don't think they say exactly why. I think one of the biggest reasons why you might want to go bigger, if possible, is number one, all these transactions are the same, right? The same issues and headaches to, to close on a 10 or 12 unit complex is the same as a 100 unit, right? Like, it, it, you know, everybody says the same thing. It, the only thing is different is just money. Um, and if you know how to raise capital or something like that, then you're likely okay. But but the management is the pro uh, is the problem. It's not horrible. It's just you know typically if you got over I don't know 10, 15 units, you you want to probably have somebody on site at some point, right? Well, in that range, you likely also can't afford to pay somebody right significantly, or you can't afford to give up a free unit or discount a unit. So that's kind of where management gets a little bit tough in that I don't know 10 to 50 unit range. Uh, so to speak. So, you know, that's for me, that's one of the reasons why we did uh, start the boutique hotel, um, because that kind of eliminates some of these other problems. Um, what is a boutique hotel for the people that don't know? Um, you know, it's all the buzz right now in the short term rental space. Everybody's talking about hotels. Uh, I'm not necessarily all on that. But what we did was, again, the cheat code of converting a uh, eight unit apartment complex into a um you know, a short-term rental, you know, boutique hotel, if you want to call it, or just fully short-term rental as an exit strategy, we can always convert back. But the benefit of that is obviously we're making more money because uh, it's a short-term rental. And then the other benefit, uh, if you view it this way, is that you're not married to a tenant for a year, right? If you got a, you know, you, you got somebody that you don't feel like really renting to anymore, hey, it's time to roll. Um literally woke up this morning i got a guest that's been extending every two days for a minute and uh you know i'm just kind of like hey it's time to time to roll we can't fit you anymore and you know they're gonna be out and there's no real reason it's just you know i, I i'm always a little bit leery of short-term rental guests that are just kind of going day-to-day -day type of deal but it's a it's a good model i don't know how scalable it is above you know let's say 15 units 20 units type of deal um but you know, it's a it's a pretty good model, and you know, multifamily's got its perks. Uh, it's also got its like I said, it's got its uh, it's got its issues, right? Things like your plumbing lines, and, and you know, the way you inspect the multifamily is probably going to be a lot, a little bit different than your single family. It's the same mechanicals, um, but just knowing that you know different things are affected, right, um, about one another. Um, you know, like I said, plumbing. Um, you know, again, you got one lady who you know she she might be having. Uh, her time of the month and decides to put all her, you know, her, her sanitary napkins down the down the line. Well, that'll that'll blow air, the whole complex up, right? The whole complex all of a sudden is backed up because of one person or grandma. That's expensive. 
Yeah, it is, right? <laughs> Grandma want to cook with grease. Now you got grease down your whole line and the whole apartment complex is backed up, right? So th those are the kind of things that you deal with. I mean, the benefits of multifamily obviously is good, but, you know, you asked me about the negatives. The, the negatives, again, it's just sheer people, more people in concentrated spaces, right? So that's just you you got to deal with all of that. Um, in our, in, like I said, we, we only got our small uh, multifamilies. You know what? One thing. Let me let me say this. One thing me and Al are dealing with. Well, <laughs> I joke, uh, uh, but that we're dealing with on a twelve unit um, right now is actually just a rehab, right? When you buy something that's full, you have to have a strategy on what you're going to do with those people, right? It's hard to get this stuff financed that are empty, so you want to have something that's relatively have good occupancy to buy it, to purchase it, right? But to add value. You know, uh, do the people in the current complex, can you raise rents on them? What happens when they move out? How's your cash flow, right? Um, uh, in addition to that is maybe you do have some money and you want to upgrade the units substantially. How many people, you know, or do you got to get rid of and how quickly, right? How do you rehab a property while people is there? That's not an easy thing to do, particularly on multifamily because you're sharing plumbing and stuff like that. Um, the 12 unit that me and Al's doing right now, all of the plumbing is connected. I mean, like every every unit is connected to the point where it's extremely difficult for us to rehab one unit by, our, by itself. We literally have to rehab the upstairs and the downstairs together, right? So there's two units, there's 12 units and six on the bottom, six on the top. And the top unit and the bottom units really, really have to be rehabbed together because of the way the plumbing lines are ran. Um, and that's <laughs> proven a little bit of a headache uh, a lot of a headache honestly that's been my biggest headache on this uh project so um you know it, it's it, it you know these are some of the little bit of downfalls and you know we could have you know we could have uh frankly just bought the property and just kicked everybody out but that's not kind of landlords um for me that, that i like to do and i like to like to be uh, we try to do right by people but doing right by people can also be a headache uh, which is what we're kind of seeing right now. So, you know, but I, I still feel good about what we're doing and how we're doing it because we're moving through the units now. Um, but, you know, just dealing with people, it, it's it's always a thing. And again, with multifamily, you're just dealing with more people in concentrated spaces. Hey, Najee, one of the things that we do when we get into that situation of rehabbing in-place units is we get a, a little small pod and we've had, pods and let each tenant put their big valuables in and then we block that part off with plywood and mark their name and their unit number and then the next tenant put their stuff in that part in front of that and then we put them away for two or three days in a short-term stay they like that because they feel like they're going on vacation for a couple of days and when they come back their unit is done and so we moved them out for two or three days. And when we move them back in, everything is done. And then they unpack their stuff out of their out of that part one at a time. And um, we've paid people to move stuff in with the tenant right there so we don't get accused of breaking anything or people stealing stuff. But that's some creative ways of doing those implants. Uh, that's a really good uh, – I didn't think about the part. I thought about the short-term rental place because I got one, but – I didn't think about where they stuff was going to go. Uh, that's actually a really good uh, a move. That's a damn good idea. OJ, we need to definitely implement that, bro. That's a damn good move. Appreciate you sharing that, huh? Yeah, man, that, that, that has helped so much. And you let them go away for a couple of days, they come back and they move their own stuff out. 
and now they got a brand new unit. And when you told them they rent going up, it's hard for them to imagine paying $150 more in rent when they didn't even move out. And they, they see the stuff happening, but it don't feel the same as when they walk out and they come back and it's a wow factor. They don't have a problem with that. Um, one of the big things that in multifamily, I'll tell you, my biggest headache today is insurance. You know, I mentioned. Oh, that. yeah. Hell yeah. Three <laughs> percent. That's my biggest. insurance and taxes. Oh, my God. And taxes. And taxes. But they're not going up near as much as the insurance. And that's the part that your rent can't go up 300 percent just because my insurance went up 300 percent. And so right now, that's our biggest headache is making sure we got the right coverage at the right price and and the way the insurance market is in that in that space al i don't know if you're experiencing that but you know we have to sign a broker record letter so we're locking ourselves into one broker because the markets won't give us multiple quotes it's just the way yeah, it no, is. I, uh, we uh state farm is probably the only uh market where you know the independent chain doesn't have access to it. And it's it's crazy that you brought this up because Crystal texted me earlier. I'm actually yeah, on the college talk floor about of my insurance, dog. man. Shit. Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, I've never seen a market like this to where you got inflationary costs, the cost to build, holding costs, the cost of material. When it costs more to build, eventually um insurance is is going to follow when you start having record losses and so when we look at the state of california which is probably the worst ran state when it comes to it's the least insurance friendly state and it's probably one of the worst states when it comes to just just business and period that's why so many businesses are leaving the state when you got record mudslides and wildfires and things of that nature and you don't allow insurance companies to raise rates to cover the record losses that they paid, they got a couple of choices. They can non-renew customers. They can do what State Farm did and say, hey, we're not writing any new customers. We're not pulling out of the state, but ain't nobody getting new policies. They can do what Geico did. Geico wrote, gave all their uh, agents a check and say, hey, thank you, but we're, we're done. We're not having any agents in the state of California. Allstate, it didn't really make the news. They stopped writing homeowners in California probably five, six months ago. And I think you're going to see more companies leave the state of California because as the insurance commissioner, you cannot ask insurance companies to raise the rates of other residents in other states to subsidize your state. So that's what's going on. And then when you look at the multifamily uh, 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 space, <laughs> Put it like this, we're writing a lot of multifamilies now because about five years ago, I felt we was uh, we weren't competitive and we was overpriced and our rights have kind of been consistent. We're writing class B, class A apartment complexes all day and saving investors thousands of the hundreds of thousands of dollars in insurance premium. It's just what it is right now in the market. Uncle Al is, is man, it's, it's from homeowners to multifamily um, Insurance companies are losing money, and when they lose money, you're going to see record increases, period. This is kind of what's going on. And then when companies, because when, when insurance companies increase premiums, it takes them about 18 months to see profit, right? And so if you're losing billions, it's going to take you about 18 to 24 months to recoup that money that you lost through rate increases, and you still have to monitor who you give policies to because you don't want to keep insuring people that have claims. And in some states that are claim 
uh, centric like Cali because it has so many natural disasters. That's then are impossible to be profitable when you can't get interest rates. I mean, you can't improve, uh, in, increase your insurance rates. So hopefully that helps. Al, if you could forecast three to five years from now, like, well, you know, where do you see rates and insurance specific to our our rental uh, policies, like three to five from now, if, if you can go that far? And man, no one can go that far. I mean, you can, uh, you can do it actuarially. Progressive likes to do it with data, and all insurance is state specific, right? It, it's not, it's no. What works in one state ain't gonna work in the next state because you got coastal states that have wind exposure, hurricane exposure. You got Dallas that got a lot of hail exposure, tornado exposure. California dinner got everything besides hurricanes. They got mudslides, wildfires, uh, earthquake. I mean, you name it, right? And then you look at Florida. I mean, Florida's hit with hurricanes, seems like every year. Uh, Louisiana, same thing. Now you look at a state like Nebraska, I mean, <laughs> they don't have a lot of natural disasters, right? They may have a tornado every once in a while, but it's just some states that they don't have natural disasters like that. So I'll say this, people that are looking to invest, everyone want to live in coastal states, uh, you know, typically because it's by water. Uh, the most heavily populated states are pretty much all coastal. Even you go up to New York, all coastal states, you're going to always pay the highest insurance premium in those states. If you are investing in the Midwest, that's going to be some of the lowest premium because they don't have wind exposure like that. Uh, maybe Kansas and a couple other states have, you know, active tornadoes. But for the most part, you know, it, if you have a high risk of having a catastrophic loss, your premium is always going to be high. Right. And that's what the insurance. That means it's going up. Y'all see that smile on this dude's face? Look at the smile on this guy's face. That means all the price <laughs> going up. And he just he just still there chilling, man. That's that's what it is. He, hey, he's man. making more money. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all he's saying. Dude, nah, it's going up. My job is to help people manage uh, cost versus risk, bro. And just to be honest with people. So, um, you know, just understand if you're going to buy in coastal markets, I would buy where it's not flown, uh, flood pro- prone because flood insurance will kill your will kill your profit margins. Either you're going to have to build up so they don't flood or you're going to pay <laughs> down there a mortgage payment. Uh, it, it for the flood insurance. It's just crazy right now. I know that probably don't really help you a little bit, but no, that's perspective, got- bro. Pre- appreciate that. that. That's perspective. Let me give you a go. There's right now we're shopping for insurance for Louisiana, and the carriers will not quote it. Bad, ain't it? Twenty days. <laughs> they will not give you a quote if you ain't gonna pay for it in less than twenty days. Period. Because it's changing that rapidly every day. You talking about flood insurance, Uncle? You just talking about uh, the multifamily market? Yeah, multifamily, just property and casualty. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild right now, man. It's wild. I I think uh, a good indicator uh, for for everyone that investing, you know, if you start looking at our insurance companies making money, if they are, that means your rates are going to be pretty stable. Okay, if there's record losses. You got to factor in, like, I'm about to get hit. You might have a 25%, 30 40%. I've seen people with 60% increases on multifamily. Like, it's just killing their property uh, profit margins in addition to their property taxes went up. And their interest rates about to go up in a couple of years. They might not be, they might have to get, get out of exit the property because they're going to be losing money. 
it's just, man, it's going to be a lot of opportunities for people to know what they're doing. And I would just tell people, listen, I, I'm all about helping people. I don't care if I write it or not. Y'all just got any questions on insurance, DM me, text me. I'm here to help, here to answer questions. If I don't know the answer, I know where to get it. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Ashley, you still with us? Hey, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. This session has been informational, educational, inspirational, motivational. All that. All that, huh? <laughs> I got a question for him real quick, though, Ashley. What's your question? Y'all been getting some value, man. Put some flavor in the chat. I've, I've been having a great time. I just want to know if they're getting some value or not, because it's like a whole mastermind. Do we have some flames in the chat? I see we got a few. We got a few. We got a couple. A couple of y'all got value, huh? Just a few. Just a few, a few of y'all. Just just a handful. Are y'all having stingy energy? Which one is it? Then they got some stingy energy. Yeah, because all these people in the room. And only a handful of them are putting fire in the chat. Let's let's wait that up. Okay, all right. I see some more coming in. Okay, yeah, all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, listen. If you all are enjoying today's session, do us a favor. Make sure you are connected with the community right here on Clubhouse. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. No stingy energy. We have over a thousand subscribers. Let's keep that going and growing and glowing <laughs> make sure you click the link at the top of the screen the wealth connect live 2023 is taking place next weekend june 23rd the 25th in miami florida tickets are now by miami. One. <laughs> i'm gonna let I you and gonna i'm gonna let you and byron have that byron uh, o'neill grab <laughs> your tickets buy one get one free you can grab your bestie and y'all can go together, all right, for the price of one. And the No Stingy Energy crew will be represented in the building in Miami, all right? Our very own Alvin Hope Johnson is one of the speakers. Rick Ross is the keynote speaker. They have some other notable speakers as well. This event is brought to you by Miss Annetta Powell. She's a visionary behind this event. Tap the link at the top of the screen and you can learn more about this event. want to also say special thanks to Kind Skip Tracy. We put the link in the chat. We will put that link in the chat once more so you can get your data credits as low as 2.8 cent per credit. All right. Click the link at the top of the screen and connect with our No Stingy Energy link tree where you will find a convenient way to plug into Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, email blast, and all the things. All right. You all know I love all the things. All the things. <laughs> we love that you all are here. All the things. I'm such a fan for all the things. We love that everyone is here today supporting us and rocking with us. This is our last day of the BOB week. We are here every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have about 30 more minutes in today's room before we end the room. And we will see you all again next Tuesday. Same place, same location. So we're talking about it. Rentals, clips, burr method, built to rent, multifamily. We're going to get back into it. 
and I'm going to get to my walk. Put a number one in the chat if you're going to join me in some physical activity today. Get those heartbeats pumping. Get that blood flowing. Put a number one if you're going to join me in some physical activity. I wonder if Byron go join Did Bam Bam put a number two in the chat? What does that mean, Bam Bam? Why are you like this? Where's your wife? Where's she at? Get her. That might, that might <laughs> mean you have some physical activity with his wife. Number two. Ah! You see she... You see, she covered her face in the chat. She covered her face. Uh, Put a number one in the chat if you're going to get some physical activity in today. And join me in the daily workout. I'm about to get to it. Passing over to you, O'Neal. Thank you, thank you, thank you, man. It's been a hell of a conversation so far, man. I want to talk to, to Wellbeing Sawan, man. Wellbeing Sawan. If y'all got some advice for anybody trying to win in real estate in 2023, what will be, be your advice right now? Well, be our Sawan, y'all with us. My fault. You were saying uh, what advice I would give to someone if they were trying to get into real estate investing. No, nah, they really, they're trying to win. I'm talking they're about win. Win. Not, just, not just getting in and figure it out. They want to win in real estate right now. You got a lot of new people that's interested, you know? I, lo I love it. Well, um, so one thing that I'm, that I'm finding um, um, that most people are uh, having success with um, right now and it's and is uh, actually pretty easy if you actually um, if you're actually doing the work um, is that the last you know the last two years the last three years um, in the market it presented that uh, people you know could pay a little bit more for prices um, because interest rates were extremely low so money was cheap which called you know caused like a little hype you know people were just buying because they could get a loan or you know buying because they could lock it up you know, or buying because they could raise the money. Um, and now since the interest rates are a little higher, uh, demand is still there for sure. The, the supply is still low, but the, you know, the feds are making it harder to finance these properties. So that's forcing in our market, not, not prices to go lower, but maybe just to be exactly the same as what they were three years ago, you know, which is, which is hard to do. Because uh, one of the one of the strategies that most people talk about is buy, rehab, rent, rehab, and refinance. All right, rent and then refinance. But you know, if you did your numbers, you know, um, three years ago or two years ago, um, off of the eighty percent rule, you know, so meaning you're going to be eighty percent loan to value. But now banks are only giving you sixty-five or seventy-five percent. People are having a hard time getting out of some of those, uh, you know, notes that they have. Um, you know, or they're just not getting the money that they need and having to bring money to the table. So that's forcing people to sell. So I'm seeing on my end um, that more sellers are open to terms, um, not just those people, but people that are let their house sit on the market for six months to a year, praying that they were going to get this, um, you know, price, you know, because sellers haven't realized that um, there's a market change. But also the buyer, the the buyers right now that um, that I've been working with, um, you know, uh, for whatever for whatever reason, you know, it's harder for them to qualify for a loan too. So with all with all three of those things happening at the same time, you know, I really just been telling people, hey, learn how your courthouse works, right? Learn how to find notice of default. So those as people that are 90 days behind, right? And those people who are 90 days behind you know, they have, they, they're going to have the best um, mortgage terms. So when you find those people at your courthouse, 
um, learn how to find their phone numbers and then learn how to offer them a solution. I call it a program that allows them to catch up their mortgage payments. And then this program will increase their credit over time. The acquisition strategy is subject to is buying property by taking over mortgages. Now, most people, you know, uh, most people are like, well, you know, I wanted to do what everybody else is doing with no money, you know, and if, and if they're 90 days behind and I'm going to take over their payments, I'm going to have to catch it up. So I like to pair that acquisition strategy with, uh, with a rent to own strategy or a lease option strategy. Some attorneys might call it a lease option versus rent to own. And you'll be able to find people who want to put down, a, who have a deposit, right. Um, but for whatever reason, um, you know, can't qualify for a traditional loan or don't want to do it right now but they have a, a large deposit, let's call it, you know, 10% of the purchase price. And you're able to sell this property for, you know, 150,000, 200,000. So they're willing to bring 15,000 or $20,000 to the table to do a lease option with you. And you use that 15,000 to cover how much money you have to give to the seller, to the attorney, to catch up the arrears. And most of the time you'll be left with a little extra. So that's how you get paid to buy the house. And then they'll pay you monthly lease payments, right? Because you're going to be paying the mortgage. They're going to be paying you monthly lease payments that don't go towards what they actually owe you in the end. So they'll be paying you to keep the house. And then when they go to you know, actually get their loan in 12 months or 24 months or 36 months max, that's what I suggest. Um, they'll be paying you to, clo to close on that loan again. So um, that's one of the easiest ways to get a deal in 30 days. I mean, go to the courthouse, learn how your courthouse works, find those notice of default leads, and those people need an option. You know, the people that are getting their house foreclosed on, they need an option. And so, um, you know, literally, if you knock on, if you knock on 100 of those doors, I, I promise you got 10 deals. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Welby, what you got, man? If somebody trying to win in real estate 2023, what you you think? What you think? He, what you got for him? I, I think that it's uh, it, it it would be a simple, obvious answer. But I would definitely tell the majority of the people to properly start educating yourself. Um, I think that the well over the years, and especially these last few years, it's been proven that um, anybody can buy real estate. If you put your mind to it, you could get to the closing table and buy real estate. But obviously, buying real estate for me, I think, is the easiest part. But realizing if you got yourself a solid deal is a difficult part. So by properly educating yourself and understanding proper acquisition, understanding what your long-term goals are with the said property that you're looking to buy, regardless if you wholesale and flipping it or if you uh, buy, and, uh, buy and holding that property, you need to know what your long-term goals are, be able to properly break down that opportunity that you're looking at and fact check it before you actually acquire it. I think that too many people are just excited to get to the closing table, excited to put on Instagram that they bought a real estate deal only to realize after the fact, shortly after the fact that they bought themselves a dud. So um, I think that educating themselves, you all should definitely educate yourself, focus on education, educating yourself first before you start jumping in the pool in this business because it's uh, it, it can get tricky. Oof, be strong in education, man. What's your thoughts about the education piece? Cause you ain't lying. A lot of people just ah, just be buying houses and they got a house and that shit is trash. No, that's that's the biggest thing, right? <laughs> is is that people relying upon you might be relying upon your vendors, uh your, you know, your loan officer, your or your real You're waiting on everybody else to let you know it was a good deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta know you gotta no know confidence. It's a good deal. 
Right. And, and, and again, no, I love all the realtors out there, right? But a lot of they them ain't don't buying this shit, it. though. Yeah, they, it ain't their money, right? So they, 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 they make money off of you just buying any damn thing. They, they're not going to be on the back end helping you manage this thing or helping you manage your P&L or, or making sure you actually make it money, right? They're for the 3%. Uh, so, yeah, they just getting their 3%. Same with these lenders. I mean, let's be real, right? Some of these lenders are putting people in situations that really ain't going to add up at the end of the day. Or, you know, you know, I know it's illegal now, but they still got some homeboys and homegirls that's that's on the appraisal side that's making it work, right? And then next thing you know, that appraisal really ain't real, you know? Um, so I, I think it's important for people to really understand underwriting. You really need to understand what you're trying to do to my man's point. Right. What are you trying to do? How are you trying to exit? And how, is, is really, really a good deal. And you don't really need if you if you have to go ask a bunch of people if this is a good deal, you might need to sit down and go get some more education. I, I could definitely appreciate you you guys reinforcing what I'm saying, because I get a lot of flack when 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 people hear here when i say things in, in regards it's no disrespect to realtors it's no disrespect to contractors it's no disrespect to mortgage lenders they don't play on the side that us investors play they don't understand the mindset that us investors have so just because you got qualified to acquire something does not mean that it's a deal so we've shown that multiple times with people that are driving these cars out here. You see a lot of people that got went to a dealership, had no business walking out of there with that BMW or walking out of there with that Infiniti or whatever car of their choosing. On paper, they were qualified. But after acquiring that property, they realized they couldn't afford it. So affordability and a good deal is two different conversations. So you can't be reliant on the mortgage lender to tell you that this is going to be a deal that's going to properly cash flow for you to be profitable in your business. You cannot depend on that realtor to fact check for you and to confirm that the property that you're acquiring that you're looking to flip or wholesale or keep it long term is an actual good deal. You need to have the ability to direct these people that essentially is working for you. I know people don't like to hear me say that, but it's a fact. These people are essentially working for you. So you need to be able to direct these people in regards to what is it that your goal is with said property. They need to present to you back the information you need, and then you need to do your calculations. When you follow the process of calculating that particular deal, during the process, it's going to make, it's going to determine if the deal makes sense or not. Anywhere in the very in the process, it doesn't make sense. That means you stop. Find out why. If it continues to make sense, proceed. If it leads to you getting to the closing table and it's all working out, buy the property. If it doesn't, walk away. It ain't a bad deal until you buy it. Facts. Hey man, that's a good ass advice. Byron, what, what you got, man? What you got? Will it be your advice? This shit is phenomenal. I think I think we'll be hitting it out the park. That's what I think. Hey, because man. we're talking about understanding the deal. I, honestly, man, when I when I listen, I hope everybody. Well, at least this is what I'm taking from the conversation. I can only speak for me, but you know, understanding how to underwrite a deal and then getting clarity of focus. I think we minimize clarity of focus when you know what you're focusing on, right, and you're not distracted. You're not chasing everything that look good. You can figure these things out. But if you literally are chasing every single opportunity, I can promise you, you're not going to understand how to underwrite a deal properly. You're never going to get it because 
you're you by the time by the, the time it takes to really understand i got a good deal you need to be underwriting that thing three or four times you need to be running that deal by four or five other people brilliant minds that you respect and, and appreciate you need to be running that deal by uh 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 with from various different scenarios at least that's what i do at least that's what i do right so so i think clarity of question before you go too far when you say underwrite a deal like what exactly are you looking for when, when you're looking at a property so so people I'm can looking, understand a little bit deeper me personally i'm looking for the problems i'm looking for the gaps i'm looking for uh uh how can this deal worst not case make scenario money? worst case scenario how can this deal not make money where is it gonna make money that's why i'm looking I like that. So instead of look, instead of looking at hypothetical rent, you know what a uh, best connect best case scenario rent. Look at the worst case scenario rent or the worst case scenario ARV. I like that. Hey, I, I love the clarity of focus, Byron, because I I think that's something that we don't really talk about. I really love that because people say, well, what's the best way to get in, in the real estate? I always tell people, well, the best way to get in real estate is whatever you can execute, right? Something that you can execute, and and in reality. Some of the problems that people have, they jumping around into all these strategies. And to, to be successful in real estate, and there's a thousand ways to be successful in real estate, right? But you have to be an expert or start to become an expert in something. It's very difficult early on, especially early on, to go be an expert in five or six different areas, right? So you go take the, the wholesaling class, and you do that for six months, and then you flame out because you ain't getting no success. Then you go take somebody's bird course. Then you go take somebody's Section 8 course. Then you go take somebody's build-to-rent uh, course. You're not really going anywhere because you're not deep-diving all the way in. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, hey, take some time. Take some first couple months of understanding at least four or five strategies surface level then figuring out how does that – equate to your personal life and temperament right everybody's not going to be good at everything so you got to figure out okay am my zone of genius aligned with this strategy then you go deep dive right get that clarity and focus to your point byron on what you really really trying to do deep dive and go learn as much as you can right educate yourself and man have some people around you that you can ride with man and, and, and you know just like what he's saying ride with some people who can i go call or pull up on me right hey i'm buying this multi-family man i need to bring everybody over here to go tell me what's wrong with it that's what i like go tell me what's wrong with this deal now you that don't mean not to buy it that just means you're aware now of some risks that are available because that's what real underwriting is uh, underwriting and figuring out the risk and then you go solve for that risk what are the problems on the deal and let me go solve for them and if you cannot solve for those problems you don't need to be doing the deal yet right if you can't come up with solutions for the problems that exist because ultimately in real estate regardless of where you're in we're always problem solvers now now who do who do we blame for that is the question i ask right do we blame the influencers that are out here spewing out the information or do we blame the 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 consumers for just taking things at face value? Because the reality of it is, is that um, and all of you ladies and gentlemen out here that are doing this business to scale understand that regardless of whatever entry point you want to do in this business, if you're trying to wholesale, if you're trying to go to auctions, if you're trying to do Airbnb, the majority of the deals that you are going to go for are not going to work out. 
the majority of the deals that you're going to uh, put an offer on, you are not going to get them. What happens with these influencers out here is that they present a, 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 a representation of this business in the simplest form, and all you see is wins and all these supposed wins that people are doing. And then when these the, the people that are reliant on this influencer or these influencers uh, are now applying these simpli simplistic strategic um, plays that these people are putting out, they're realizing it doesn't work. So do you blame the influencer that's not putting out this information and making it clear that you will get your ass bust in this business? You will get denied. You will get way more doors closed on you than that will be open. But you need to keep pushing through. Or do you blame the, the, the customer for just accepting it and thinking it's supposed to be, let me roll out of bed and I'm just going to become an investor today and it's, I'm going to become a millionaire tomorrow. So we just have to really be careful on how we share information to people. And I think we also have to be very careful as consumers, what you just accepting as, 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 as information that's being put out. Well, B, I got something on that. Um, you said, who do we blame? I think that's the biggest problem with our society today, that everybody is looking for somebody else to blame. If everywhere we are right now in our personal life, it's our own fucking fault. I agree. That in our life, everything we got in our life, and I'm talking to myself too, as I look yeah. in the it's our own fault. We can't blame nobody. If that influencer was influencing you and you didn't do your work, it ain't his fault. Your fault. I would agree. Ultimately, it's your fault. I definitely agree with you with that. But we also have to hold these people accountable too. You know, I think we still, we, there has to be a level of accountability as well. Um, because we have a lot of desperate people out here. A lot of desperate people out here. And a lot of desperate people that are looking for hope. You know, and, and you imagine being that person that's living hand to mouth or being that person that that's a single mother that got two kids that's depending on them or being that man that's that's the man of the house that's holding it down for their family and you trying to find that one hit home run. I was that person. I, I, I can only speak from, from my experiences in the past. And I was that person that was looking for that because, you know, um, I'm trying to level up. I made a lot of major mistakes during that process, too. I'm not the only one. A lot of people have made those major mistakes. So definitely at the end, I definitely agree with you, brother, that, that, that ultimately um, the, the blame is on the person because at the end of the day, you made that choice. But there's a level of accountability I think is supposed to be for everyone. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree on that accountability piece. Uh, you know, it, it is on the person at the end of the day. And the, and the consumer for sure has to have a, a higher level of discernment, right? You got to go do some homework. Don't believe one person, right? Go, go, you know, maybe the influencer gives you the idea, but you got to do your own homework. But that influencer, like, look, everybody got to remember them influencers are hungry too, right? They desperate too, right? And, and, and people are putting out, um, you know, um, I would say curious information, right? Information where it's like, hey, okay, you trying to sell a play that's, that's a you know very very obscure and highly unlikely right some highly bullshit unlikely. information Bull, bullshit information right let's call it for what it is you can't call it bs because it's possible right everything is possible right but the likelihood is like what the hell right like you, you're, you're selling you're stacking three or four plays on top of each other 
And now it's like, oh yeah, obscure. It's a one, two percent chance of this actually occurring. Yeah, it can occur, but shit, the the likelihood is, you know, not real. It's a fact, man. It's a fact, man. I think it was a great room today. A lot of solid advice. I'm talking about accountability and education was top tier. Ask for receipts. I see that in the chat. That's another thing. A lot of these influencers are not really doing real estate. They're just selling your education. Plenty of them. So make sure you ask for receipts. They should be, in my opinion, I feel like if somebody's teaching you something, that's just my opinion. They should be actually doing it. Because, uh, but not just doing it, uh, uh, not one time <laughs> though, O'Neill. More yes. than one time. Currently, that, that's my, I think currently that, myself. That, that's my big one right now. You got people running a play one time, and now they teaching it. And one deal. Like, now they professors. Yeah, now they professor. That's bull right there. It's scary. It's it's scary out here. I bumped into a lot of them. I run into a lot of them. And a lot of these cats is not doing remotely close to what they talking about. Not even close. Yeah, I see a lot so, of people chasing that bag, not the not the impact, not the change of the community. They just want the money. But I, but that's okay too. We here to make money too. You know that that that's all right. But one thing that I have learned, I don't have to rob you to make money off of you. Exactly. I don't, I don't I don't I don't I don't have to rob anybody to make money off of anybody, you know? But you know, you got people that get led by the money and if you would just do good business, the money's going to come anyways. Facts. Hey man. If y'all enjoyed today's conversation, make sure y'all go subscribe on the podcast. I'm talking about on uh Apple, Stitcher, uh Spotify, whatever you listen to your podcast to, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Man, today was a lot of value valuable information this will be on the podcast real soon as will be on the youtube channel today and we got Welby coming uh saturday man gonna be in a live we're gonna have a live podcast with Welby, man it's gonna drop a lot of game but make sure you're tuning in to what we dropping because a lot of valuable content from people that's actually doing real estate today we ain't getting no bullshit people you know we're getting people that's really in the in the business uh byron you got something yeah man i think i think that's that's some great information man you know i i know people who you know sell education on real estate that just ain't doing the business don't, don't do no real estate they don't do the business you know what i'm saying and they not up to they not up on what's new um and i think that's one reason why you know and, and this ain't even a plug but I, you know i gotta plug it one thing i like about the accelerator program is listen man we we listen we doing deals together mm. We wide open. You know what I'm saying? Like we everybody see the receipts in real time. You know Ooh. what I'm saying? And people so, actually closing deals. Yeah, closing deals. You know what I'm saying? In real life. Hey Byron, they, excuse me, real, real quick. Yeah. I see a lot of people teaching real estate. They ain't got no successful students. And ain't nobody in nobody CRM too. And, 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 and they ain't in nobody CRM either, seeing what they got going on. You know what I'm saying? We share the same CRM. And, mm. and and that's done on purpose. A lot, a lot of mentors, purpose. you can't even get in touch with them, man. You can't even call them up. You gotta you gotta book another call. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> you, you gotta pay for more. You know, that's all I'm saying, man. I know I know the people in my group. They closing deals, man. Wholesale deals, flips, rentals. They got equity. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I mean, the fruit is. I mean. You. Yeah, it's up they, to the they, person that's buying the course to see who they're buying from. Facts. I don't think people be doing that work. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think at the end of the day, man, people want what seems the easiest too, though. 
Right, so and I and I would love to people get, go you know, to the price too, though they look at the well, price. And well, well, like, it's it's what sounds the easiest. It, bro, at the end of the day, scammers, bro, I can never beat a scammer selling you on real estate. Right. I can't beat that scammer, bro, because I, that that scammer gonna tell you this what business. They need to he gonna articulate this. They gonna articulate the business better than I ever could because they're gonna articulate it in a way that makes you excited. I'm mm. going to tell you the excitement part, but I'm going to tell you some real shit, too. And you're going to be like, damn, I don't even know if I really fuck with that like that. It take work. <laughs> it take work. I'm going to tell you KPIs. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you really, literally how many calls you need to make. I know this information. I know how many calls you need to make for you to get a deal. I'm going to tell you this. And real. that's not going to be exciting for you. You can show them the CRM. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to share the same CRM with you. Get it. Yeah. So so I think, listen, man, the, the issue is part, you know, honestly, what Welby just shared, bro, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna that's the reality of this business. What Onaje, uh, what what uh Al Alvin shared, that's reality, right? That's sobering. It don't get you excited. But I bet you, I promise you, oh, if we were in here just Throwing winds around. We was just talking about all of the good things. We weren't sharing the realities of this business. I promise you, not only will we have more people in this room, right? But it will be more people excited about real estate. And that right there needs to be woken up too. That's a fact. That needs to be woken up. Because listen, you you go to you go to events, you go to masterminds, right? And you know, just keeping it a bean, right? It'd be the most exciting sounding shit. That people gravitate, gravitate. people gravitate to, and it be sometimes the most bullshit. And they own bullshit. no real estate. They don't own <laughs> shit. They don't own no real estate. I've Fact. met some of these biggest influencers out here, man, and and I'm being I'm saying this humble and Byron, you know what I'm saying. Your favorite influencers calling me. Facts. They on stage. They on stage, and they're calling me. But the information that they throwing out to the people, it's like, where the hell does that work at? That don't work. That don't work out here. But because it's presented simplistic, and it's and then of course you pulling up with the Rolls Royce, you know, you pulling up with these uh, with these other trinkets and all. That's enough, you know. So when we out here telling the people, no, it's a lot of work. You got to put this work in. You got to put the work in. But the but the the reward is worth it. I promise you, anybody that's thinking about doing real estate, I'm going to be on your ass. I'm going to press you to push it. You got to do it because it's worth it. So whatever struggles that anybody's gone through, I understand. I, I relate to it, man. I grew up in the projects, too. I'm first-generation Haitian-American. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my, in my mouth. I'm the first multimillionaire fa a, a person in my family. You understand? So you all could you all could do the same thing that any one of us brothers and sisters on here talking and sp talking spicy. There's nothing that makes us special other than that we take action. That's do it. The work. We do the work. Mm. That's all it is. Hey, Brian, I got a quick question, man. Let's talk about it. Who's all my Houston folks in here, man? We got a lot of Houston folks in the building, man. If you're from Houston, let me see a flame in the chat real quick, man. That's all I want to know. Ace time in the building. What you know about that? You know what that is, me? I know what that is. 